This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. So a whistleblower has come out. A Twitter executive has come out saying that their security is totally bad. That they're, uh, I believe he said they were lying to shareholders and board members. And that Elon Musk is correct. They're withholding information on how many bots and spam accounts they actually have. And apparently they have the information. Elon Musk has now tweeted about it because uh, it's looking like he's going to win his lawsuit now. This is crazy. Uh, I don't know why this guy came out, this whistleblower, but apparently you got Democrats and Republicans on board mentioning this. So we'll get into all that. Plus, we've got big news from, from last night. I tweeted this. After we did the show, we had the Surgeon General from Florida on, and he was talking about masks and vaccines. And I told him, I was like, you know, we talked about it on the show that YouTube bans you if you say negative things about masks. Dan Bongino got, got suspended from YouTube. Rand Paul got suspended from YouTube. So after the show, we pulled up the misinformation policy. They have removed. YouTube has removed the provision saying you can't make these claims about masks, which is funny. They did it kind of quietly. And I wonder exactly when. In April, they had them in place. Now they don't. So it's interesting how that works, isn't it? We'll talk about that. Plus, Trump is suing the U.S. government over uh, the raid on his house. He's trying to stop the FBI from going through all these documents. We'll get into all of that. Before we get started, my friends, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member if you'd like to support our work. We're going to have an awesome members-only show coming up tonight and the first official episode of Cast Castle now as the you know show on TimCast.com is up. Admittedly, we got a lot of work to do. Uh, we need to improve the audio quality and get lens filters and all this stuff. But, um, you know, my, my motto is always just start doing things. Cast Castle has been on a quite, a, quite a journey. And the, the main reason we switched over to the website is that we wanted more time to make something good. And, uh, it, it, it doesn't work on YouTube. We can't make a show like this and just hope it's free and people watch it. So we've got two episodes. The promo episode and the first official episode are up now at timcast.com for members. And don't forget Tales from the Inverted World. Smash that like button. Subscribe to this channel. Share the show with your friends. Joining us tonight to talk about this news and more is Tyler Merritt. Hey, thanks for having me out, man. Who are you? Oh, wow. Put on the spot. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, who I am. I'm a uh, entrepreneur, businessman. Uh, started off in the military about uh, 2006. I was flying Apaches. Uh, for our great nation over in Iraq, got picked up for uh, Task Force 160, flew for special operations for the most of my career, and uh, my side hustle was uh, was starting this t-shirt company called Nine Line Apparel. I uh, started about 10 years ago, grew from my garage to about 250 hard-working, red-blooded Americans in Savannah, Georgia, and we make some pretty nice apparel, if I do say so myself. 
Right on. Well, glad you could join us. It uh, should be fun. We also have Hannah Claire Brimelow. She's back. Yeah, I'm back. I'm Hannah Claire Brimelow. I'm a writer for TimCast.com. And I am Ian Crossland. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. And hi, I'm Chris. Lydia is uh, recovering from surgery. She had to get a bunch of nails. What did she get, like metal plates in her wrist or something? Something serious. Skating is dangerous. You've got to wear your wrist guards and your helmets and all that stuff. All right, let's jump into this first story. We've got this from the Wall Street Journal. Twitter's ex-security head files whistleblower complaint on spam and privacy issues. Former executive Peter Zatko makes sweeping claims about the social network platform. The complaint, which was submitted to the Securities and Exchange Commission last month and became public Tuesday, was made by Peter Zatko, also known as Mudge, she's a hacker, who was uh, fired earlier this year. Mr. Zatko's submission says he ha- that he uncovered extreme egregious deficiencies by Twitter in every area of his mandate, including privacy, digital and physical security, platform integrity, and content moderation. I'm going to jump over to our good friend Elon Musk. As many of you know, he's suing Twitter. Because he says they, they didn't disclose information on bots. He's, he subpoenaed Jack Dorsey, the former CN, uh, CEO. And he tweeted this. Give a little whistle. And it's a Jiminy Cricket. And then underneath it, he says, so spam prevalence was shared with the board, but the board chose not to disclose that to the public. The Washington Post reported, four people familiar with the company's process for spam detection, who like others spoke on the condition of anonymity to describe sensitive internal matters, told the Post, that the company keeps several internal tallies of spam and bots, known as prevalence, across the service beyond the number supplied to, to Wall Street. The Post also obtained an internal document which was redacted to hide the numbers, showing that spam prevalence was a number shared with the board. The document was supplied to the board at the meetings Echo attended, according to two of the people, but not to Wall Street. So does that include the shareholders? How is this going to work? The big revelation here is that this dude said he believes... Foreign intelligence service agents or individuals could be at Twitter and they're not doing anything about it. That to me is probably the biggest red flag. And this is probably why, in my opinion, they freaked out when Elon Musk was planning to buy it. Then some weird algorithmic thing happened with the right gaining tons of followers, the left losing tons of followers. Then Elon Musk said, I want the data on bots and they didn't give it to him. Now we're learning they didn't give it to him. That they had a number that was shared with the board. I'm, well, actually, I shouldn't say that. Maybe Elon Musk was given access to this, but because of the NDA, he wasn't allowed to talk about it. I don't know. Either way, it sounds like this is going to help him win, uh, which is kind of bad news because Elon winning means he doesn't buy Twitter. But I don't know. What do you guys think about this uh, uh, foreign intelligence thing? I think that's the big takeaway, huh? Man, I'm, I'm one of the biggest Elon Musk fans, and I don't really care uh, if that gets me in trouble these days. You're talking about a, a modern-day Ironman. You know, I was in Ukraine not that long ago. This guy's given away some communication devices that totally changed and altered the way that that country stayed uh, independent. You know, this is a guy who it seems like is putting his money where his passion is. You know, he puts his he puts everything out there, and and I was very excited to have maybe one platform I could put my money towards that actually cared about pushing out the truth, cared about putting every person's perspective out there and not moderating, not censoring, not blocking 
people's opinions. I, I've been on social uh, for 10 plus years, starting my company off Facebook and Instagram advertising. In November of this last year, right before Black Friday, Cyber Monday, Facebook, in its <clears throat> infinite wisdom, decided that I needed to be banned. My company needed to be banned. So I had. Well, I mean, look at that hat, dude. Absolutely. That's it's, a dangerous hat. And actually, you know, when we broke down the violations, right? You know, they couldn't really get me on anything except for my brother posted six years ago about a partnership we had with Jeep. They said that was violating intellectual property of Jeep. I mean, Jeep didn't complain because I actually had paperwork and I was working with Jeep, so it was in violation. But they said that I was using it and I didn't take it down in time. So they banned my account for a year. I'm still actually blocked. You can't, you couldn't search for my account. You couldn't like my account. I couldn't share my account. And every single person that liked my account seemed to be shadow banned. You know, it sucks when Don Jr. likes your page and that's a, a detriment. Right, because if there's these bad blue check marks out there, and everyone thinks, oh, it's a blue check mark, that's just a famous person. Well, look behind the back end. You know, they're classifying and categorizing your blue check mark. If you're a celebrity that has positive messages in their opinion, you get exposure. If you're a celebrity or a politician that has a message that goes against their narrative, then you are banned. Not necessarily officially if they can't do it but you'll be shadow banned and everyone sees it yeah and and it's known but we have no transparency there's no oversight and these social media oligarchs they've been acting as such they're untouchable they can do whatever and it's it's uh despicable i think i think your company is a really good example of of the censorship that's overlooked these high profile left and establishment journalists will be like Oh, when, when, when Joe Rogan got canceled, it made him bigger or whatever. And, and that's what they want people to think canceling is. Meanwhile, your business gets shut down and there's no big fanfare. There's no big headline. Most of the people I hear from who say they got banned are like small accounts. Oh, yeah. No. And we're talking about millions of followers and we're talking about um, millions of dollars for a relatively small business. Right. I started my garage and and now we have large accounts. I have Bass Pro. I have Cabela's. I have five, six retail stores that are very you know highly frequented in Charleston and Savannah and Delray. And, and people come from all over to our store to experience it. And that, that gives us a, a sense of, you know, you, you could try to shut me down, but I'm not going away. I'll find a new platform. And I was really excited about Twitter being that new platform because I, I don't even have an account. You asked me earlier, what's my Twitter account? I don't think I have one um, because I'm kind of over social. You know, if I could pull all of my marketing dollars, I would. Um, right now, they, they don't seem to care. If I'm spending well over a million dollars a year with Facebook and they cancel my account rep, because of a false narrative, just because you don't like my opinions. And of all of the groups that are like me, I'm probably the least noisy, the least in your face. But I, I do appreciate the Second Amendment, the First Amendment. And I got banned from writing the First Amendment on a T-shirt. And it was told to me that that was against Facebook's policies. And what? I, yeah, First Amendment. You know, the rights that shall not Uh-oh, be infringed. Can't, can't have people learning about that. But I pushed out an email to our 1 million plus, you know, active email accounts and we will sell a ton of shirts and I will get a way around it. It's just very sad that I can't promote First Amendment, Second Amendment. Cause you take those away and, and there's no stopping a government. I had an idea for a TV show that we talked about once. I think it was like on the members podcast where it's this post-apocalyptic future and there's like one city left. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And uh, no one understands how the world ended. But like the world ended and then like people came together and built a city and they're rebuilding. And it's like sometime around 2077 or, you know, 2080 or whatever, just history just dead stops. And then humanity is just gone from the planet. Cities are in ruin and decay. And then the idea for this was, you know, the people in the city eventually encounter strange beings. They think are aliens. They go to war. And then it turns out, oh, the aliens are actually people and the world didn't end. What happened was as techno- technology advanced, more and more information went into the metaverse. Then eventually people just went into the metaverse and they live their lives there now. And there's very little work that has to be done because they're not really moving their bodies. They don't need that much caloric energy. And so there's only certain scouts that go out to replenish the system. I, I, we, we talked about that. And I got that idea because, you know, I was thinking of how social media works, how, how these, how these like social networks are banning people. And then, uh, just, the, just the, this past weekend, I was at an antique store and we were looking at all these books. This guy had a bunch of crazy, we had uh, books from the Civil War. We got the photographic collection, uh, photographic history of the Civil War. Crazy from 1911. So there's actual photos of like the 1860s. It's, it's, it's nuts. That's not going to exist in the future. The way it's going with social media and why it's so important that someone like, uh, you know, Elon push back. I don't think he cares anymore. I don't, I think he's trying to get away from the whole thing. But the reason why social media censorship is so dangerous, if the world ended right now, the overwhelming majority of information would be gone. Like world ending. I mean, if let's say the power went out in every major city, you would not be able to access our website, timcast.com. I mean, the information exists on the hardware some, uh, somewhere. Where's the data center? Who knows? How are you going to look up the IP address? I don't know. Computers shut down. So if, you know, a hundred years ago, there's a collapse, society breaks down, you walk into a library, you find all the books still sitting there, hopefully not damaged, but these books could be all over the place. You could find the history and be like, well, look at this. In the future, it's going to be very different. If there is a major collapse catastrophe like that overnight, no one is going to know where any of this information is. And if you don't have electricity or a means to decode the, the, the data off the hard drives, you know, there could be a, 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 a solar flare or a great war. And let's say it's 100 years, 150 years, and people are like looking at these mainframes going, the summation of human knowledge exists on these machines. It could teach us so much about the world and how to survive, but we can't get access to it because we lost that technology when the collapse happened. No books, no reading, nothing you can preserve. Maybe you'll get lucky and someone will figure it out. Anyway, I bring that up because like the way it's going with censorship, that idea I had for a show, it's like the reason there was a last city, because those are the people who weren't allowed in. These are, these are the descendants of the people who were banned from the metaverse and had to go and build their own economy somewhere else. So what I see happening with censorship, you're going to have people who get banned and they will find a way to engage in commerce. My dystopian future vision of it is a city of people living, you know, because their descendants are forced to work and live in this alternate space. And then everyone else lives in the virtual reality. But I kind of think that's a, that's one direction we're going in. Maybe it won't be that bad. Um, the reality of these things is pr- these predictions typically don't pan out because within 20 years, technology will have changed so much. My prediction will make no sense. But there you go. Well, have you ever seen uh, the movie Idiocracy? Yes. It's one of my favorite. It actually kind of 
starts to prove that fact that you have uh, smartphones and dumb people. And, and we're not making or doing a, a service to our young people or to the individuals who just like that that easy button. We're making it easier and easier and easier for society. And we're telling them that when you fail, it's not your fault. When you fail it, it you need to blame everything elsewhere. You know, that, that idea of ownership, that idea of, you know, wanting to go and read through an encyclopedia to find an answer. But if I can't find it on the first page of Google, you know, that's when sometimes I'll talk to my younger employees, be like, hey, sir, you told me to go and research something. So I went on Google and I searched and nothing came up. I'm like, wow. And then, <laughs> and then you came directly back to me. That's very sad. And But it's it's exactly what you probably have seen a lot in the, say, younger generation. I, I grew up with no phone, then a flip phone, and now I have a phone. But I, I despise it. If I can get away from this thing and I can get back into reading books and engaging in conversation, because that's where real knowledge comes from. That's where it's, it's debate. You know, it's not reading what someone else posted on Google, right? That, that Wikipedia where anyone can alter it and people come to me with these facts about masks, about um, vaccines. It's funny how when things become mainstream, everyone all of a sudden becomes a subject matter expert like that because it's on the front page of google mind you 100 percent. yeah everything got shut down uh, for covid right i became a non-essential company so my company with 250 people was forced to shut down and die that, that's closing a company yeah Clo not clothes are essential right and i had black rifle coffee which is my favorite coffee it's free coffee at all first responders but uh you know our coffee shops are shut down our uh retail stores were shut down our uh, manufacturing plant was what, shut down. what state georgia Wow, really? Yeah, yeah, and there was definitely some internal politics going on yeah. there that, uh, you know, it caused that. But uh, it, I, I'd say that if I didn't switch and to start distributing these cloth masks that I knew were not effective in any way, shape, or form, you know, I, I'm an engineer. I, I like making and building things. We made our own N95 masks, you know, ones that actually worked, uh, that were made here in the United States. But there's no way we were getting any type of large contracts. You know, they were going to 3M, they are going to Honeywell, yep. so that they could take these billion dollar contracts by the way they still haven't produced these masks you know 500 plus million masks that you know were given billion dollar contracts they didn't have to be produced for 18 months you know i bid on them and said that i could do it with my partners at gulfstream my partners that were these nasa based engineering firms that had proven that our science worked and that it was cheaper better faster made in the u.s but no one wanted to hear it and that's where you know that that science is overruled by political science. You know, the math and the numbers and the engineering is no longer a discussion. So I could go on television and, and talk about things based on my knowledge of science and engineering and be challenged by some YouTube dummy who just Googled Fauci's last periodical well, of nonsense and and said you know what you're wrong and you're against the science and you just want to promote all these negative things and therefore you are a bad human and and you can't even engage in conversation let's, let's jump to this next story what i have before you my friends is uh, youtube's covid misinformation policy the funny thing about this is i'm like you know the, the, the most of the code stuff's over like the mandates are mostly over the u.s still require vaccines for entry but they don't actually check so it's actually the airlines who are requiring and then some people here's a funny thing tons of people every, everybody who travels knows this they're like you don't fly to the united states anymore you fly to tijuana and then walk in mm -hmm. just walk in they don't check they don't care it's the weirdest gap in security and policy or whatever but anyway here's here's the point YouTube's medical misinformation policy, when you scroll down to prevention misinformation, 
doesn't mention anything about masks. In fact, I will do this in real time. Control F and we'll type in M-A-S-K nothing. The word mask does not appear in YouTube's misinformation policy anymore. So I tweeted this. YouTube updated its policies to no longer ban claims that masks do not play a role in preventing the spread of COVID. Essentially, you are now allowed to claim masks don't work. So we can see initially it used to say this claims that masks do not play a role in preventing the contraction or transmission of COVID-19. You are not allowed to say that. YouTube removed that. And uh, I'm assuming you can now say it. Here's what they say. I'll let you say it first because I got all kinds of censorship. <laughs> oh, no, no, but look, look, look. period of time in my life, the, I'm good. The, it says that the, uh, um, the Google uh, misinformation policy, YouTube's policies on COVID-19 are subject to change in response to changes to global or local health authorities' guidance on the virus. There may be a delay between new LHA and WHO guidance and policy updates given the frequency with which his guidance changes, and our policies may not cover all LHA and WHO guidance related to COVID. You know, this is this is a serious problem that scientists have been saying this very thing and YouTube was banning them. Rand Paul came out. Dude's a doctor. They, they, they gave him a strike on YouTube for bringing this up. If a doctor can't even talk about it, which doctor can? YouTube has arbitra- arbitrarily chosen the World Health Organization as their end-all be-all for what is true and correct. Mm-hmm. This is extremely dangerous. Because the World Health Organization is a political entity, not a medical one. It is a political international entity, not a medical body. It is not like an academic group of doctors at a university doing clinical trials. It is a political institution. And YouTube's like, meh, they'll be the experts. Do you think that's because they feel like they are obligated to listen to a global authority because they view themselves as a global platform, even think, though it's based in the U.S.? I think for, for uh, YouTube, it's the easy way out. Yeah, the World Health Organization. They have their their pinkies they in all these countries. Good enough. No, no, no. They they actually work with a bunch of countries. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it's easier to use them as a standard so that we don't get in trouble with these other countries. Well, how did how do we pick our arbitrators for other fact checking? You, know, you had the was it the Washington Post or not Washington Post, New York Times and other periodicals that were being sent articles to see if it was political misinformation, if it was scientific misinformation. It didn't have to just be about masks. But either you're going to have complete censorship or you have no censorship. And the complete censorship needs a lot of oversight, and we're not there. And that's the idea that you're not going to have a platform that's perfect. You know, there's things that we can all agree on that exploitation of children, violence, you know, extremism in some sort of way of like – Calls for violence, basically. Call, basically, calls for violence. You know, those are generally accepted no-nos. It's when we get into these gray areas that you you take a hard-line stance and you ruin businesses. You ruin people's lives. The, the, the problem is some people are, are argue for free speech absolutism, meaning you they, they argue you could you know call for violence because you didn't actually do anything. And I get it. If the idea is... You know, we don't allow uh, uh, speech that calls for violence because that's a crime. Well, that's not an argument because then all that has to happen is they decide another kind of speech is a crime. Okay, well, now, you know, insulting someone or not using their pronouns is assault or violence. And thus, now they can say, well, that's not free speech. You're committing a crime, right? So there is there is an issue in at what point does speech become illegal and can it? And a question of shouldn't it just be on you to defend yourself? I, I would think so. Uh, but we we have seen that it becomes a safe haven, you know, a, a place where people can congregate and start creating organizations and a movement of violence and extremism. And I, I think 
you know, it's very similar and has some connotations to Afghanistan. And people had an argument of we don't need to be there. There's no uh, objective for us. But it, it allowed for a safe haven of horrible individuals to congregate, plan, and execute atrocious acts. You know, in my opinion, you need to have some oversight. But it's not living there 24-7. It's pinpoint action taken towards those individuals. I don't, I don't, I don't think there's a solution at all. Uh, so they want to censor people because, you know, people are offensive or whatever. We start, we all, we all agree like, hey, don't incite violence. Don't tell people to commit violence. Don't tell them how to commit violence. We all agree that's a bad thing. The issue though is now from that point, they've moved on to the next point, stochastic terrorism. Well, now you're saying things that will infer the idea or convince someone to go do something. Well, that's calling for violence. That's where they're at now. And they, and they will eventually ban that. I'm not entirely sure they can. I'm saying their goal is to get that kind of speech banned, where if you said something like, we should shut that school down because of the horrible things they do, they say, hey, we know what you're getting at. It's a, oh, won't someone rid me of this meddlesome priest thing? And that's what they're trying to argue now, because people like James Lindsay and Libs of TikTok have been criticizing these, these uh, hospitals that have been doing you know surgery on these kids. They're saying, oh, that's stochastic terrorism. And their goal is to rally people to, to eventually go and do something. It's like, there's no line. You can keep ramping it up until eventually you've banned all speech. Just because you're afraid doesn't mean that I made you afraid. Like, just because someone's in terror doesn't mean that someone else committed a terroristic act. Terror is a very, uh, well, I don't know. I think it's very hardcore. I mean, if you're you're making people fear for their life without, other than words. And in the United States, it's an imminent threat of violence, not just threats of violence. Not like, hey, go something, something. It's when you give a date and a time. And, and a place that creates an imminent threat. And that is illegal in the United States. You're allowed to say like, Hey, go fill in the blank. Not, on, I'm not talking about YouTube terms, I'm talking about American civil liberties. Uh, but you cannot call for imminent threats of violence. I think that social networks that are based in the United States and run in the United States should follow American law. Personally, that's what mines does. Well, yeah. they follow the World Health Organization instead. Uh, then I think we should take the keys away. Um, and maybe free up the space a little bit because private companies should not be getting in the way of the country that helped them create themselves. And individuals who find themselves wronged in every way, shape, or form. And there's settings out there. You can make yourself private. You can ban everyone from being on your page. You can just get off of social. You know, that's one of those things where I'd like to tell people if it's really causing you this much anxiety and this much heartache, one, it might be you. Two, you have options to just turn it off. It's 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 not that big of a deal. But when we start infringing upon everyone else's rights just to make you happy, that's where I draw a line. You know, just get off of social if it's the fact that people aren't addressing you by the right pronouns, if people aren't addressing you by the right fill in the blank, and now you're on a rampage, and now it's your social justice warrior, and I have to placate to that. And I don't want to. And that's really what it boils down to is you, you just do you. Let me do me. And I think if we could ever get back to that point, you know, we would be a much happier society. But right now we just hone in on the negatives. We try to uh, impose our opinions on other people as opposed to saying, hey, you know what? We have a difference of opinion. That's fine. That's why I like to. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime 
anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Fight overseas against terrorists who don't allow you to have a different opinion. You talk about all the bad things here. Go to those other countries where you get stoned to death if you what, what about have the, intercourse with someone else. What about the terrorists that are here? trying to stop you from being able to say whatever, say what you want and have an opinion. And the ones who are running big companies and defending those people. Those are domestic terrorists, in my humble opinion. Hopefully that doesn't get kicked off. Who are you talking about? Like when, you know, BLM or Antifa will show up and throw a brick through your window because you said naughty words. Yeah, I think they are domestic terrorists. People that will destroy property and threaten life for uh, a social movement, I think, I would consider them terrorists. I consider George Washington a terrorist. King George did at the time. Yeah, there was a meme going around where... um, these people are posting like Trump should remember, you know, this is what they do to traitors. And it was a guy being hanged. The funny thing, though, is I was like, it was Redcoats hanging a Minuteman, a con- well, not a Minuteman, but a Continental Army, you know, you know, blue coat. And then I was just like, this, the, the treason you're showing was against the crown. Like it was the Americans being like, yo, we don't believe in monarchy. And so they said that's treason. And these people are sharing that as if like it's a good thing to uphold. Because it shows that fighting oppression is no longer the mainstream. It's now everyone wants to be subjugated. They want to be told what to do. They want to be told, you know, that, that everything that's not good with you, everything that's gone wrong in your life, it's not you. It's not your lack of effort. It's not your, uh, work effort. It's everyone else's and that we need to take things and give to this group. Um, yeah, I, I think that's a, a slippery slope that we're headed just out of curiosity, were you ever on any alternative platforms like Minds or Gab or... I don't even know what those are. They're just alternatives to, I don't know, any social media platform or Twitter. No, I'm, I'm probably the world's worst on uh, getting on social and, and trying to stay engaged. I, I do try to um, you know connect with my, my kids, try to connect with my uh, fan base. But, uh, you know, this is one of those things that's it's kind of foreign to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a guy who'd rather be out in the woods and be completely disconnected from the world. Let's uh, uh, let, me, let me pull up this uh, tweet here and we'll just we'll spend some time ragging on Dr. Fauci. You know, he's leaving and I'm quite disappointed because this means I won't be able to do the voice roles for Freedom Tunes anymore. But uh, the truth is Seamus hasn't been calling that's right, Seamus of Freedom Tunes. He hasn't called me to do a voice of Fauci. Even with the big Fauci news, I get it, Seamus. But I know what you're here for. Ian Miles Chong tweeted, Fauci has the Fauci devotional candle on his bookshelves. You couldn't make this up. Here's a picture of Fauci. Here's the bookshelf behind him. And right here, you can see it. That's the Fauci devotional candle. It is an image of Fauci as like, I think Jesus. Is that it? Let me see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what those devotional candles are. They're usually the Jesus. Mary so a lot of them in South America. Yeah. All right. Fauci oh, yeah, the Virgin. has a devotional candle of himself depicting himself as as Jesus. Is that what it is? Well, Discuss. Of the Savior. I, I would, of the I Savior? I said this. You would buy it? You, you, would have, you, would, you would. How many would you buy? No, just one. I don't know. Would you light it? Yeah. If I he, said this yesterday, but like I kept saying he didn't want to retire because out of vanity. Like he de- retiring means that you're old and that you're like you can no longer work and that's why his announcement is very much like no no I'm just stepping down to continue to work even though he's like 81 I you know maybe someone got this candle for him as like a gag gift they were like this is so funny your candle I could definitely see doing that to someone I know if they were suddenly turned into a devotional candle but to know that you're going to have it in the background of your interview to me is just like 
isn't this this is this is a form of narcissism, right? You see yourself as a savior and incompetence. Mm-hmm. I think uh, it's like nice mix between the two because you're a doctor, but have uh, you know no ability to discern science from political science. Yeah, so I think you're. Uh, an absolute clowns. So that's perfect. I think it Worked was like great. it's a stereotype for doctors, right, to have a god complex, and like the entire American media handed this to Fauci, and we're like, no, we really could not make it through this pandemic without you, sir. And I think it's gone to his head. So here, check, check this out. Ian Malchong posted the photo. This is what's behind him. Is that uh, who is this supposed? If I was to Fauci. I would definitely put that behind me. Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> I wouldn't buy it. I don't think, but if but people gifted send, to you, yeah, people sent me stuff to our PO box for a while, and then one of them was a shirt with my face on it. Mm-hmm. I've worn it on the show. I think it's freaking hilarious. It's one of my favorite shirts. I w- I didn't go out and make it to show everyone like, hey, look how great I am. But I'm sure people are sending him tons of stuff, uh, merchandise about him, and he's yeah. just like rolling with it. If anyone made Tim a devotional candle, I would buy it and bring it to I'd you. Put it, I love to put one on the table. I I pointed this out because you know before the show we were ragging on it. And then I was like, to be fair, someone sent a golden bust of my face to us, and it's like sitting on a table downstairs. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, I don't know. I like it came in a box. Someone else opened the box. Someone else put it there. And now there's like this bronze statue of me, and it's like weird. I had a headshot that we used for um uh one of our Cast Castle uh, shows, and it was out in the living room for like a month. It was just on the table, and I was like, yeah, everyone get a taste, like feel it for like three weeks, and then it started to feel really weird. So I took it and put it in my closet. Ian, you hung it up it. in your room. Yeah, I put it behind some things in a in a on a shelf. Are you talking about the painting? No, I want to display <laughs> that. That thing's hot. No, it's just a headshot from uh, my college days, from like yeah. my Los Angeles. Uh, Ian has a miniature base. version of himself on the table right now. Yeah. So this is another example of it. This is right here. This is Ian Crossland bobblehead. Someone made. Thank you so much. I didn't make it, but someone sent it to me, and it's all. It would almost be like an insult not to display it at that point. See, that's that's the thing, right? I remember when uh, the the photo went viral of Fauci in his office, and he's got a painting of himself, and then everybody was like, he's got a, he he works under a painting of himself, and then we had someone on the show, and they were just like, hey, his daughter probably painted it for him, and then I was like, oh, that's a good point. See, like, that's yeah, like, that's why he would put it up with the candle. It totally could just be a gift, right? Someone was like, this is hilarious. I will get this for you, but. I don't know. I guess he has just like really lost my uh, respect and he, any of wait, my. You respected him? No, I never respect. He never earned my respect. I guess is what I should say. Uh, it's hard, really, not to see this as him. Like, it's hard to imagine that he doesn't look at that every day and think, like, I am really saving America. You know what I mean? Like, did you see you the, guys the long flowing hair? Right, you guys much. would laugh at yourself with your busts and your t-shirts, and like you're humble. So there's there's an element to it, but like. I don't know if that's how Fauci views this candle. Did, did you see the video clip of him? I did a I, I did a, a great Twitter troll. He was quoted as saying that he was like inspiring people. It was the Fauci effect, and that he in in this time of of untruth, he represented truth and science, something like that. Yeah. So I quoted it directly, and then under the tweet was like, "Oops, can't forget the video." And then I was like, "We're going to separate the men from the boys here." And see who actually read the Twitter thread and understood it was a quote, or who just blindly was like, "I can't believe Tim Pool said this about himself." But then Jack Pacific was on that night, and he was like, "Oh, I didn't click through. Oh, the video." And like he totally got it afterwards. But oh, I didn't know Jack fell for it. One I of think, the boys. I mean, I don't, that's what I remember him saying. <laughs> Somebody can clip it, I guess. But uh, yeah, I remember you doing that. I mean, I just think that like Anthony Fauci is an arrogant person and so if it were someone who had humility i would laugh at this candle but it is like hard not to be like come on guy you couldn't clear your bookshelf well, at all i i, he's I have tasked not- with saving people's lives and he's a bit of a megalomaniac i think at the very least 
that's Saving. goes without saying a bit of one. The way he talks about himself look, as a savior is a little crazy. Look at look at look at these photos. Okay, this guy Abhi Cole, he's got the devotional Fauci candle. This guy, uh, this lady Julie Pfeiffer, she's got one. Here's another Fauci, a devotional yeah. candle with a mask next to it, and like a cork it's freaking or, insane too. They, if, they would if put there a, is, well, if this, there is anything that makes me want to just buy a van and go live down by the river. And never think of any of this political stuff again. It is this. These these people are serious. Guess what? They vote. Yeah. Well, I've seen these devotional candles for like Snoop Dogg and Martha Stewart and some other people. This t-shirt company uh, in Dallas that used to like sold them too. It's just like in our culture with the weird adoration for Dr. Anthony Fauci when they tried to like make him like a like pop cultural influence. Like. It, it's not good. I think part of it is like we lost Ruth Bader Ginsburg and so we needed some other like older New Yorker that we all were obsessed with and like they just couldn't make Anthony Fauci work. I don't know. It just creeps Remember me out. Remember Cuo- Cuomo sexual? Oh yeah, that what was horrifying. What is wrong with these people? Cultists. And it's, it's, yeah. All around, man. Zelensky, they worship the the president of the United States, they worship him when he gets the job. Like, all of a sudden, now he's something. And worship is a great word for it. Like, it has to be more than just like, oh, I respect your work, or he's got some good points. It's like weird devotion. Say what they say. Do not question them. Like, that is these, these are the icons that they're trying to prop up for themselves, which is very strange. It's creepy. It's creepy. It's a creepy bunch of people in a cult, and they're all voting. So you better go out and tell all your friends to go vote. Does Nine Life sell devotional candles? We uh, we've not got into that market. I think I might skip that one. Why? Um, really? I mean, unless I can use your face as a model, I feel oh, like yeah, you're you more can. Jesus-y yeah. with that flowy. <laughs> you have all the rights. Is that an adjective? I, it, you just I gave just, it out. Yeah, so. it's all you. Anyone all that right. wants to make T-shirts with my face on it, they're all you. Make <laughs> as much money off of them as you want. You can make tens of dollars. It's gonna be great. <laughs> you know, the cult's getting bigger, um, or maybe it's not. I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you think I, – I feel like, you know, Liz Cheney, she's out. We got a primary tonight. I think they're louder, not bigger. Louder. I think that sometimes with cults, like when they become stressed in some way, the people who are really devoted double down and the people who are, like, on the outside already sort of feel like, I don't know if I want to leave, and they back out. Even now, like, I got employees that work for me, especially in leadership. They, we don't always see the same, you know, same eye to eye. And I know people voted for this. And whenever they're complaining about the gas prices or not being able to hire people or all of these things that you voted for, I, I kindly remind them, like, you did this. Like, this is your fault. And they did exactly what they said they're going to do. You know, we had a previous president said, I'm going to build a wall, reduce energy prices, do this, do that. And like, he had a playbook and he went and executed on it. Not everything went according to plan. Not everything went as stated, but that was his intention. And he went to work day one. Day one, they destroyed energy prices and energy is tied to absolutely everything that we have to deal with and transportation and goods. And, you know, you talk about inflation. It was day one. How do we create this socialist society without going through Congress? And they did it. You want $15 an hour? No problem, because everything cost $15 now. So I got to pay someone who was being paid 10 bucks to catch a t-shirt at the end of a dryer is now being paid $15. Now that manager who was 15 is now 20 and now everyone else is 25. And guess what? You only want to spend so much on a USA made t-shirt, right? But there is no incentive to buy things in the US. 
and there's no disincentive to import stuff from China. So when I sell people that my competitors are using slave cotton, like literally slave cotton, and they're illegally putting it into their garments, and then they're selling it at a price point I can't match because I don't have any slaves in Georgia. That's hundreds of years ago and freaking wrong. Well, I I got to be honest. I'm pretty sure like this shirt is probably like Bangladesh or something. I can tell you that my stuff's not. Uh, yeah. I can tell you, you that there's a, shirts instead. <laughs> but there's a there's a price point associated, right? So I want cheap, fast, good, and I want it all done here in the United States. Well, that's not a thing. You can put your money where your mouth is. You can vote with your dollars, and that's what I've been trying to tell people is that when you're sitting up on stage and you're talking about all of these values that you are concerned about, you know, your social justice warriors out there, then why are your products that you're wearing literally made by slaves? Why are the things that you're purchasing going to regimes that hate us and want to destroy us? These are regimes like the Chinese communist government. Not Chinese people. I have lots of Chinese friends. So don't confuse the two, right? The 6% ruling class of China that rules with an iron fist, that has zero regard for human rights, that has zero regard for anything other than world domination, and I, I don't care what anyone else has to say. That is what they want. You know, This is an organization that has said recently that they've won the war without firing a shot because they look at economic warfare as warfare. They look at biological warfare as warfare. So if COVID was not the perfect test run of biological warfare, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist, I'm just saying it was a absolute biological agent that wrecked havoc on the world except for one country, which has seemed to benefit very, very much so. You know, we are living blindly and we're putting our money and we're voting with our dollars towards organizations that support China, towards organizations that support slavery. And anyone who wants to talk about that gets censored. I made a USA Made shirt uh, video today talking about our cotton made in the U.S., our cutting and sewing made in the U.S., our printing in the U.S. When now people are out there saying, hey, you know, you can't make things in the U.S. Like, I can do it. I'm a freaking aviator. I have zero knowledge in textile manufacturing. But the last 10 years, we figured it out, right? We're Americans. We can do this better, cheaper, faster. But no one cares. So when the president of the United States goes on television and says during the State of the Union, we're going to encourage and make sure that everything's made in the U.S., not one piece of legislation is to stop any type of imports of textile goods that can be made here, especially from China. Not one piece of legislation legislation that gives credits towards R&D, research and development, for manufacturing capabilities like ours, right? So I can't get any type of credits for my employees I hire. I can't get any credit for the R&D that I do, and I do a lot of R&D to be able to try to compete with China. I have to be more efficient. None of that. If I was a tech company, I get lots of R&D credits. I paid no taxes. If I just took all my manufacturing and I brought it overseas, I'd make so much more profit it's incredible. And apparently no one would care. So until the United States starts voting with their dollars, you know, and understand that that money goes to an organization that most likely influences politics. You know, we're just going to keep it simple doing more of the same. China can't, uh, the Chinese Communist Party can't donate directly to a politician to support them, but they can hire people to do things who they know will support certain politics, thus giving more economic power to people who will destroy this country. So we have, we have no insight into China because they have locked it down. You can't influence their politicians. You'll go to jail forever in that country. But do they have politicians? Or just have party members? They do have party members, but the, you, you're not influencing them. You know, Big Brother is a thing. You know, we are social, your facial recognition. You can't leave cities without social credits. I mean, it is 1984 today. And these organizations, 
China, specifically the Communist Party, there's nothing that stops them from uh, espionage, right? C- coming here and learning everything they can and, and bring it back to their country. I have intellectual pro- property that I sent to China to make it. I have a hoodie that holds your beer hands free, right? So I've got two patents, one on an N95 mask so you can breathe without dying. It actually works. Um, sorry, FDA said I can't say that. According to all of my FDA tests, it works better than 3Ms, but I'm no longer allowed to sell it because there's no more EUAs, and I just had to eat millions of dollars. Really? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Wow. It's a whole different story. But uh, I like science. I like engineering. So I made this patented product where you can hold your beer hands-free on your hoodie, right? Not as Like a sexy. pocket or something or it's what? It's a cool pocket, yes. You kind of dumbed down my patent, but yes, it's a pocket, pocket. In, your, uh, in your hoodie. It's an engineering engineered compartment. Thank you so much. A kangaroo pouch, if you will. Um, but I, I sent it to China with the tech pack to have them manufacture it. This is eight years ago, right? Uh, and they gave it to my competitors and started selling wow. everyone else. And um, they told me that they don't believe in intellectual property. It's it's trade secrets. If it was if, if I you can't to like own an idea, man. There's you know? there's no patents there. It, they yeah. consider it trade secrets. So once the secret is known, it can be shared with absolutely everyone as long as they can make money. They will. So there is no respect for intellectual property. Um, there is no respect for human life. And this is an organization that is not our friend. And they threatened to shoot down our our uh, what vice president, secretary of defense, sex state. Who is it? They were going to shoot. Speaker of the house. house. There we go. Speaker of the house. So they want to shoot down a sitting member of uh, Congress. And, uh, you know, our response is please don't do that. You know, we are a very weak country right now, in my opinion, because we have weak leadership. And um, until that changes, you know, I I don't see us improving. The midterms are coming up. I'm, uh, I'm pretty optimistic. I'm not super optimistic about the leadership. What are we gonna, we're going to end up with McConnell and you know Kevin McCarthy, so nothing will really get done. But you'll have some good people in there doing some good stuff. It's not all bad, right? Yeah, I think what what we saw when you had uh, you know, Trump come to power, you, you had a change in politics that shook things up. You know, it was a time when everyone was tired with the status quo, and they they didn't want more of the same. I think people on both sides are starting to see that again. You know, that going back to traditional politicians, you get more of the same. We actually <laughs> reversed course so fast, day one. And, and the, to see the state of the economy right now, to see the state of affairs, uh, you know, from a world stage, having traveled a lot into the Eastern European countries uh, as of late, you know, we are a joke. Um, you know, it, we're a laughing stock. What, what do you think about Ron DeSantis? I would be very excited for a uh, DeSantis ticket uh, if our current, um, I, I guess, if the Donald were, in my opinion, to support and endorse that person and push the Trump supporters towards him, I think that we actually would have a shot. You know, conservatives, right? I, I'll identify as a conservative. Right? You know, no other pronouns, just conservative and that's not a negative thing it just means i'm a fiscal conservative and social libertarian i could care what you do with your dingling just don't talk to my children about it that's my job what do you what, so would you prefer trump or would you prefer DeSantis? like if DeSantis, you know, you you know because so. i think he has an, an opportunity to win because i think there's more than this is nothing to do with the donald right now i've gone to mar-a-lago i've met him a few times i he's helped me with getting my friend eddie gallagher out of prison you know i i, I have no no ill will towards uh former president of the united states what i do have is uh ill will towards not taking a uh, a stance towards what's the 
what's the most likely course of action if he were to run? You're going to have a lot of individuals, never Trumpers, that rally their base to vote against him just because it's him. And that, that's the unfortunate truth is that they'll get more people that would have voted conservative to not vote conservative just because they don't like the orange man. There, um, there is a concerted effort in media right now to go after DeSantis that way. You know, they're, they're actually trying to say that he's worse than Trump because they have to. They have to. And it's crazy because they already said Trump was, you know, literally worse than Hitler. And I'm not entirely sure what they're complaining about with DeSantis. But they just have to say something. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Otherwise, I'll win. But that, that's their play is that they just say things louder and louder and louder. And, you know, my godfather, I love having conversations with him. I used to break out of the thesaurus is Bill Buckley Jr. He kind of started the modern conservative movement. And, you know, he would always tell me that uh, you'll never win an argument with an idiot. They'll just talk louder. And that's what I find when I when I try to engage into a political discussion with someone who is so far left or honestly right. It, it really doesn't matter when you have extremisms on both parties and you can't um, find a way to have a conversation without raising your voice because we have a difference of opinion on uh, women's reproductive rights uh, about the Second Amendment, about you that's know, all the First left. Amendment. It, but it's I've seen it on both sides too. I've seen people go extremely far right and angry because I don't agree with something to do with women's reproductive rights, right? Which I'm not even going to get into that because it's I just don't feel like it's a topic of conversation where you can win. It's just a difference of opinion. Some people are extremely religious. Some people are not. And I think that we've degraded our our morals in this country. And, and I think that it's become the popular thing not to go to church. I think it's the popular thing not to have um, what I would consider old school morals, right? That are usually faith-based because it's not the cool thing to do anymore. And, and actually Stalin said it best that they'll never win a war in the United States because of our moral convictions, because of the fact that you know we believe in in our country and what it's founded by and that you can't break that spirit um and, and i think slowly but surely we've eroded the morals of this country and, and when i say morals i mean doing the right thing when no one else is looking well let's, let's talk about the one person who's done the right thing liz cheney oh, they're gonna say me. no i'm kidding uh we have this story me. from yahoo news new poll indicates a liz cheney presidential run would hurt biden more than trump it can be uh, simply shown in this chart, in this graph right here. If Liz Cheney were to run as an independent, Democrats would vote for her, helping Donald Trump win. And based on this polling, they're actually saying right now, and this, this is another, I don't necessarily believe all this. They're saying right now, based on their polling data, Joe Biden would beat Donald Trump in an election if it was held today, or at least at the time of this, this poll. Support for Joe Biden, 46%, Trump's 42 But if Liz Cheney runs as an independent, Joe Biden, 32 Cheney, 11 Trump, 40 I would I would be very interested to know what the poll would say if a DeSantis were to run endorsed by Trump and those two. I, I think it would be a landslide. I think he would um, he would do very well. People need to understand, too, landslides, it doesn't mean like 80% of the general public votes for the candidate. It means like 55% does. And this results in a, a massive swing in the Electoral College. 
you end up with all the states. There's a thing, you know, people were saying that Trump won in a landslide against Hillary. He won three states that got him over, and it was by 88,000 votes. So that's not a landslide, but in the electoral college, it came out to like a you know a decent number of electoral votes that he ended up winning. But the electoral votes are shifting. New York lost two, and Florida gained two. You know, California I think lost one too, right? What? Yeah, when you have these policies that cause a mass exodus of intellectual individuals, you know they're going to find refuge. They are refugees. And that's why I try to tell people when they come from my home state of Connecticut to Georgia or to Florida, like you are not a prophet. Please don't come here with the politics that I left. They you know, do. You are a refugee. So they, they 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 do, and it's worse than that. They bring other people with them. I, I haven't really been seeing that in the southeast. I've been seeing individuals coming there and and acting as refugees, saying, "Hey, we are here because where I left is not good, and it's getting worse." Because what you guys have going on in Georgia and in Florida is better than where I left, and I don't want to mess that up. Elon Musk was in California. People who live in California, two to one, are Democrats. Elon Musk moves to Texas and opens the Gigafactory. A lot of these employees, I'm assuming, maybe I'm wrong. I'm assuming he didn't fire everybody in California, right? Probably transferred a bunch of them. That's a bunch of California progressives being moved into Austin. So I do think there are more refugees than there are people transferring because of work policy. But depending on the size of the industry and of the individual, they might bring you know, for every one high, high net worth individual who's like, hey, I believe in liberty and freedom, they might bring 10 woke employees with them. AT&T moved to Dallas, uh, the Dallas area, I think in 2012. I could be wrong on that. And they were based in California pre before that. So they also transferred their employees out there. I mean, I think I'm sure some had the option to leave the company, stay. A lot came to Dallas. It really blew up a couple of the suburbs in the Dallas area. And this is prior to Trump being elected. I mean, the shift towards pro-business states has been going on for a long time. It wasn't just COVID in politics that started uh, a mass migration of people with maybe not the political leanings of the states they were ultimately ending up in. I think COVID just made it much more of an intentional choice for some people. There was much more of an examination of the life you were living because you were suddenly stuck at home having to reconsider what you really wanted. Well, look at the flexibility that people were able to gain once we realized that you could work virtually, right? Mm -hmm. So individuals who were working for companies that could now work at home chose to not live in a um, degrading society, right? Meaning the the crime is up. The bang for your buck is down and it only seems to be getting worse those individuals are the ones that i see leaving in mass exodus they're not leaving because their business massive company moved so they had to move with it they're moving because they have the freedom and flexibility to choose to not live in new york city to choose to not live in la and they've decided um that that's not for yeah. them anymore, that they don't want to live in fear of walking down the street and getting mugged and raped and murdered well, uh, I, because there's there's lawlessness in L.A. It's it's like zombie land. My manufacturing partners are out there. And when I go out there, it's just gotten worse and worse and worse. It, it's it's straight up zombie land. Yeah. I remember for a while, Maine offered this program where if you were a remote worker, you'd come live in Maine and get, you know, I don't remember if it was money towards a house or a tax credit or something like that. Maine has an aging population and they don't have a ton of industry. So they really do want remote workers to come in and repopulate, have kids, have young families. Obviously, Maine is beautiful, lots of outdoor stuff. There is a reason you would want to be there. It's just not possible if you can't work there. Uh, and this was way before COVID. I mean, this was happening, again, I think it was like 2010. But at the time, there were not as many remote 
positions as there are now. I think that we'll continue to see states with low birth rate or older populations trying to incentivize remote workers to come out. Because again, if you can work, have a steady job and work wherever you want, you are much more likely to choose a place that's reflective both of your political or ideological values, but also of a lifestyle that you want to live. Delaware figured it out. Delaware figured it, a lot of it out. There's a lot of states that drive business away. And, it, and it's really interesting how the, the economics of this uh, work. If you're uh, an ice cream shop, it, you, you register your business in the state because you're like in the state. But if you do national level business, why would you not be in Delaware? The, the tax, the, the laws, the restrictions, the taxes in every state are, are cumbersome. So this is why every corporation, not literally every, but like most of them most. will just open up in Delaware. I think Nevada is another one. And Wyoming the, is good too. But, but now even California was leading the charge of how to ruin their online business and tax income. Because right now, because of recent laws in the last few years, uh, Wayfair versus I think North Dakota. Oh, yeah, Atlanta. yeah. And there was that Title Title Nine or whatever that yeah. thing was. So sales tax is now collected in all 50 states once you hit Nexus threshold, right? So California is actually one of my largest states, right? We send millions of dollars of product there. Sales tax, fine. I collect sales tax. I give it to you. As of lately, now California is saying, actually, we want a percentage of your income tax as well. So I'm a Georgia resident. I pay Georgia state income tax at 7% which is still higher than zero, which is Florida, right? I'm sure I could probably find ways around it, and I don't feel like going to IRS jail or getting shot by that dude in the wheelchair um, for whatever reason. You saw the video. The IRS tactical training. Yeah. Well, I don't even know why they have guns, but okay. So I, I have been told now I'm expected, according to California, to pay taxes as if I was a California resident because I, in their mind, I'm a resident. I have no physical property. I've never go to the state for more than a 24 hours because I hate it. Not because of the beautiful scenery, just no offense, the people. They're insane. So, Well, I mean, the, 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 the climate's bad too. Like they're in a drought. It's like not sorry, going all the that The political well. environment, the uh, discussions, the uh, focus of their attention on what I consider silly things, It's I'm not a big fan. And I definitely don't want to pay 17% still sex to a state that I don't physically go to. Like it's I'm, it's my company. And they're saying like all your revenue. Yes. Yeah. That apportionment of it goes gets taxed at 17%. So obviously I politely declined and said that according to the federal laws is this. And that'll be another Supreme Court ruling to see if we now as internet-based companies have to start paying these insane taxes. So I don't even know how that would work. So I pay 17% tax to California and 12% to New York and all this. I would have zero dollars left over. And I don't understand how people don't get business, right? I started my garage. I sold my car to buy my first machine. I sold my house to buy another machine. By the way, when you're deploying a bunch, no notice, and you have a pregnant wife with two kids and a Great Danes and you move them into an apartment that does not. They make, don't like it. They don't like that. But you know, it's a sacrifice, right? So we continue to sacrifice and put everything all in. And now I'm at a point where the level of taxes that I pay as compared to Amazon, you know, I pay tens of millions of dollars more than Amazon has. And that, that is absolutely ludicrous. So, but, but it's obvious why you will own nothing and you will be happy. I think that is the plan. Um, I will always be happy. And I think that happiness is, is, is on you. We don't, we don't do any business with California in any possible way. It's a strict company policy. California is state non grata for us, mm-hmm. whatever, however it would actually be stated. And uh, we've had people who hit us up and like, hey, we'd love to work with you. Or like, we, we, we want to submit an article or we're looking for work. And I'm just like, 
as long as you're in California, there's not a conversation to be had. And, and, it's, and, and, and to put it simply, California has laws in order to just not run afoul. We just do not do any operations in any capacity with anyone in the state of California. Oh, no, I'm, I'm being sued right now by a blind man in New York and another person in California who's saying that my website is not blind accessible, which it is, by the way, for full dis- – you know, if anyone who's listening to this and happens to not be able to see, you can absolutely go to 9 com and you, it will talk to you just as it's supposed to. But anyone can sue anyone from those states, and they're very sue um, – not happy, but I guess they, they, they encourage it. So I will spend tens of thousands of dollars on these frivolous lawsuits in California and in New York. And I won't get a change of venue to Georgia because they know they won't win in Georgia. And they're just hoping that these – mid-sized company me not they're not going after mom and pop and they're not going after coca-cola right they're going to go after individuals that they think have the ability but to pay but they don't have the ability to kind of fight it out right so there's hundreds of thousands of these lawsuits that are allowed and all they do is just hurt the bottom line for people like me who you know I, i don't know how to get around it i don't know how to advocate i don't know how to tell people about it because like you said you know shut down my facebook account not national news. Go and sue me because a blind person says they tried to go buy something from my website. Um, not a good news story, but you know, deal with it. And these are the policies that New York and California are encouraging, and they destroy businesses. And to the point where you know, I have another company called Hoist that does military hydration, uh, and, and they're now telling us that you know the the product is not in compliant with California's blah, 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 standards. I'm not a lawyer, right? Well, I just have to go get different lawyers to figure out why I could sell to everywhere else. But apparently it's California has a different standard of uh, consumables. What is it that you're selling with Hoist? Uh, Hoist is military hydration. So it, we sell it to the government for uh, make sure our troops stay hydrated. Uh, imagine a drink that I can't say that you were given when you're really dehydrated, you know, as a medical treatment. Uh rhymes with schmedialite, but it tastes horrible, right? So it's like that, but tastes good. Uh, so we sell it to the government, and then we also sell it to now uh, civilian venues like Publix and Walmart and um, everywhere else. But in California, it's it's getting the same co-packers, same people who make Coca-Cola products make this product, but they're not going to go sue Coca-Cola. They're right. just going to sue Hoist or companies like me. It's because of like label. They want like it to say may have been created in a lab with that may have had access to lead may or have something like that. Had a yes something. It's their Title 19 California Act that just came full force a couple months ago. It's it's California. They're going to find some other way to mess with business and then complain that they have no income tax and that they're bankrupt and they need the federal government to people need to get out of California. Out. I did. I liked yeah. it at first. I thought I had to be there because I was an actor. So I thought, well, it's New York or L.A. This was like 2005. And so I, in 2006, I moved to Los Angeles. I was in Chicago for a while, too. And uh, I lived there for five years. I got I was really depressed. I didn't like it. It smelled the, – the brake dust. I, I don't know what, but my hypertension was inten- like was up, and I left. And then I went back in 2014, 15, because I was like, well, it's L.A. I'm going to give it another shot. Maybe I'll just – but I realized by that point, the Internet – I mean, I'm working – Remote. I don't need to be in LA. I was on the sixth floor and I didn't drive the second time around, which turned it into a whole better experience. But still, it was it was dirty chaos, man. It's LA. You got the the ocean. There's there's benefits to it. And you're and right, Ian. We should just move the show to St. Kitts and Nevis. We should go offshore. Uh, this show could be done anywhere in the world. 
I might start working remotely. I mean, Can't I, tell you. I love your spot. Like honestly, like, this, is, middle nowhere. this is yeah. middle nowhere. This is, this is my jam. You got chickens. Got chickens. I, I get anxiety when I'm in New York City, when I'm in LA, when I'm around a large populated area of mostly angry people. And I understand why you're angry. I used to have to go to school in New York City. It took me three and a half hours just to get there and then deal with very angry people who didn't like my all lives matter shirts, except for ISIS. F those guys. Like I would wear it all the time. You know, it was funny. But it was during the whole Blue Lives Matter and Black Lives Matter and all these different Lives Matter debates. And people just literally would lose their mind and freak out. And I'd be walking down the street with my large female African-American, you know, West Point friend and calling her and Uncle Tom and telling me mean things. And I'm like, I hate New York City. I cannot wait to leave. And I get back to Savannah and it's just zen. You know, everyone is very nice. There's no honking of horns. There's... You know, it, it's a it's a different way of life. And the I, cities are falling apart, man. They are. Yeah, it's because I mean, of leadership, though. Because I I tell you, New York City wasn't thereof. Giuliani's a friend. Uh, Bernie Carrick, the police commissioner in New York City, is a really good friend. You know, under their leadership, you know, the, during that nine eleven, pre nine eleven, post nine eleven, that the crime rates, the 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 just everything about the city was so much better, and you change that leadership. And you watch what happens. And, and it is a direct result it's, it's, of those it's, in charge. It's not just that. It's just like, man, I've been really watching it. Let, 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 let me jump to this story because this is important. Uh, we have this uh, from The Guardian. Trump sues U.S. government over FBI search of Mar-a-Lago. Ex-president seeks to prevent Bureau from reading seized documents until court official weighs in. Well, there's the story. Here's the big important piece. Alan Dershowitz says every reputable attorney he's spoken with has told him their firms won't let them go anywhere near Trump. Dude, we can't survive as a country if this cult keeps expanding and operating this way. This is why I've been talking about why it's so important to build culture and for everybody to start building industry parallel economies. These lawyers are like, I can't I can't represent Trump, even though Trump's far from the worst person ever ever represented in this country. Uh, but they can't do it because they're like, oh, I'll never get a job again. This means we need lawyers to make law firms that are like, we don't care if you represent Trump. The ACLU defended the Klan. Back in what was the 90s, I think, right? When they were marching through Skokie, Illinois. They defended Unite the Right only, you know, a few years ago. And that was a horrifying moment. Now, the cult has expanded to the point where lawyers aren't working with Trump. Here's the big, here's the big thing. Trump, when he filed this lawsuit, it was pro se. There were no lawyers signed on to it. It was just Trump representing himself. Now, I believe some lawyers have signed on and the left is mocking him for for it, calling his lawyers like fly-by-night lawyers. And it's like, this is a bad thing. But if you're in the cult and you're psychotic, it's a good thing. You're a communist. Everybody has to fall in line and march in lockstep. It's good that no one will represent your, your enemies. If we carry on down that path, I mean, y'all know where, where, where this ends up. Gestapo. Well, Some, I, I always joke around like it's step one, control the narrative, right? And we've seen it in the history playbook. You know, burn the books that are against your narrative, control the media, control the news. Much easier back in the 40s. And step two, you know, just I don't need to take the weapons right now. I just didn't know where they are. Just register. I might need to take certain ones, and eventually I'm going to take all of them. And then after that, step three is do whatever the heck you want. There's no stopping you. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I know that I have weapons that are for hunting, and I have weapons for defending my home. And I have sworn allegiance to, to protect and defend this country against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And there are certain inalienable rights that I will not give up. And you will have to 
pry things out of my hands before you come to my house and you mess with my children. You come to my, you want to jab them with certain things that you say are healthy and they're not going to cause them to have major heart problems. I'm going to say good luck coming to Savannah, Georgia, opening up my door and sticking something into my children, right? That's not so, going to work out well. So what's, um, that's not violence, by the way. I was just saying it's the spirit of American but, but, freedom but, so, is the point of it. That's but, the, let, me, let me ask you, let me ask you a question. What's a, um, what's, uh, what's a 450 Bushmaster round four? Are you familiar? Do you know your guns? I, I'm not trying I, to put you on the spot. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make a point. Yeah. So I, I, I'd say I have everything from a 50 cal down to 22s and, Every single. What's the purpose of a 450 Bushmaster? Let's say, let's say polymer tip 450 Bushmaster. You tell me at this point. I don't so know. again, yeah. I'm not trying to put you on the spot. Like hunting, right? Sure. Big game. You 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 get maybe like four or five rounds in the magazine. I think. So I don't I don't hunt. I'll be clear. I like I shoot targets. So right, I, right, I'm right. I'm one of those guys. I don't believe in in killing things uh, except for bad humans. I well, so past. so my point different. here is uh, that's a weapon for 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 hunting animals, right? Sure. Um, what would you say like a bird shot? Is for you know twenty or twelve gauge bird shot, birds. Birds, yeah. What's a uh, Barrett M eighty two A one for fifty BMG? Humans, bad tanks, hu- bad humans, helicopters. Sure. And uh, the thing about that is, you can buy one. This is America, and so I've seen these conversations, and it's funny because, what do you think would happen? I mean, what, how do you think the left would respond? I mean, they'd lose their minds just knowing that you would buy such a weapon. They would argue that the fact that you'd have the conversation about it would be incitement to violence or insurrection because there is there's not a hunting purpose technically for a 50 BMG. Yeah, it's well, like an anti-material rifle for taking out tanks and things like that. Yeah, well, I still have access to 240 Bravo machine guns on the side of Little Bird helicopters that fly around my house, and it's Georgia again. Yeah, you know, I've got, got the Undertaker on the boars, side you know? shooting machine guns and just shooting targets because it's America. You know, because we can and because we're not bothering anyone. And I, I don't I don't understand this uh, concern of the far whatever, the anti-gun that is so hell-bent on taking them all away when they've never gone to the countries where they were taken away, where they currently are taken away. You know, in Ukraine, for example, they were all taken away and they were all handed back out because guess who is coming the russians right you yep. know and and you well, know the russians came when, they did they didn't have guns and they had no guns apparently uh zelensky knew they were coming did you guys see jimmy Dore talking about that today no what yeah apparently zelensky knew the russians were going to attack but he didn't tell anybody because he didn't want to take their money out of the bank he didn't want to crash the ukraine but, but everybody knew it was happening they were they, the it was Russians. Pretty they had troops uh, gathered on the border we our, our president knew that they were right, right, right. Our, our president pulled our um elements out our president could have done a lot more. They could have um, done a no-fly zone before there was a war. It would not have been an, an act of war to declare a no-fly zone on Ukraine by the United States. I, I'd, I'd say our president did the, or sorry, not our president, somebody during the Afghan evac put a no-fly zone um, for evacuating aircraft, right? Like, that's weird. State Department, six aircraft trying to pull out American no. hostages. What, did, what, what do you call put it, Ian, that Joe Biden did in Afghanistan? The surrender? The surrender. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, anyway, I want to I want to go back to the story so, a little bit. So our, our bet basically, though, our country in terms of the military um, capabilities and uh, you know the individuals that are out there willing to do bad things to bad people, and they 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 are willing to lay down their lives to do so. They wanted 
to go and rescue our U.S. citizens that were left behind in Afghanistan. They wanted to go and provide aid to the individuals who were fighting against Russians and give them the capability to defend their own country at a time of need. Um, but we actively prevented those things. It's not that we stood by and just watched things happen. We actively put a Raz around six aircraft in Mazal Sharif when I was trying to pull people that were American citizens out of Afghanistan, right? That that actually happened firsthand knowledge. We actively said that the Russians are going to take over this country. There's nothing we can do. Pull everyone out. Don't give them any aid. No support. World stage. The NGOs of the world are the ones that actually prevented World War III from occurring, my humble opinion. I think the history books will see it that way, too, because now everyone of the brother pours money, which is wasted, right? All that funds is squandered, waste. None of it's going to where it actually is supposed to go. And I'm boots on the ground there. I can tell you firsthand knowledge. I want to I want to jump back to the story, though, because the, the, the main point that I think we need to pay attention to is you know, within the past couple of days, we're hearing that Donald Trump can't get a lawyer. Then we're seeing he files a lawsuit pro se. So he's got to f- try and find somebody to sign on. Then the left mocks him over it. This is man, this is this is this is very, very serious in terms of culture war and leading up to either we and look civil war is 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 actually a very optimistic concept civil war means that there's a, there's a chance at preventing totalitarian takeover because the reality is you look at weimar germany or you look at uh, um, pre you know communist russia and it was no civil war it was revolution and revolution resulted in the nazis and the soviets so if in the united states there isn't a civil war that would just mean these people have taken over. Well, you could have a civil war that turns into a revolution, too. you got to be careful about unleashing the beast. Yeah, but typically what we see with, like, right, Weimar Germany, you had the communists and the fascists, and they were fighting, and the fascists win. But it wasn't like a civil war, necessarily. It was political conflict, kind of like what we see here. And so that's, that's the thing I think people need to pay attention to. They're like, oh, we're not on track for a civil war. We're just seeing political violence. And it's like, yeah. You're seeing political violence. You're seeing the weaponization of the DOJ against the former president and his, and his administration. You're seeing the, him unable to get a lawyer from any firm and being made fun of for it. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of like pre-Nazi Germany, pre-Soviet Russia level stuff. So, okay, maybe, maybe these people are happy that there won't be some kind of civil war. And I think Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In a certain sense, that sounds good, doesn't it? No civil war. The problem is what they're actually talking about is violent revolutionary takeover genocide, murder, etc. It seems like that we're on track for globalization somehow that we have been for probably 20 or 30 years and that I, I was very anti-nationalism for, you know, 15 years ago. I was like, oh, screw the U.S. This war Why? in the Middle East because the war in the Middle East was insane, like it, unfounded. He, he lied to get us in. George Bush lied to get us in and killed all these people and destroyed infrastructure. Uh, I was so fed up with the nationalist powers being like, my country's better than your country. When it's like, dude, we're all humans sharing the planet together. Let's, let's work together as a species. Let's create a language, create a currency and move on. It's very naive. And then, and so a decade later now, I'm looking at how dangerous globalism can become because the American experiment is phenomenal. 
objectively from well i can't be objective about it but it's pretty cool most people on earth seem to think it's pretty cool this sense of freedom that we have and if the global uh if the world economic forum and the bank for international settlements gets to dis- 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 dispense with nationalist governments and create like a corporatocracy we're screwed that's not good. That's that's a lack of freedom. I I'm don't imagine, want. But I'm, they keep trying. And I think it's inevitable that we will globalize somehow. And it's I'm just imagining. anyone that talks about the end of the liberal international economy, it, they say that it's ending. That I'm anyone a, is like, so there's going to be a new international economy. There's going to be a new world order. What's it going to be? Like, I used to hate the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab. I don't even know the guy, but now I realize I want to talk to him because they want sustainability. They don't want to kill everyone. They want to do something good, but like you said earlier, good can be twisted. I don't know if I agree with you, Ian. You said uh, they don't want to kill an ev- kill everybody, and I would say technically correct. Maybe they don't want to, kind of like I don't want to have to go and kill all the deer when their population has expanded too rapidly, Just right? Collateral damage. You don't want to kill all the deer because then they're all gone and they're extinct. No, the, the, the issue is, you know— what we see from a lot of global elites when they're saying things like the best thing you can do for the environment is not have kids— that's the very nice way of saying they don't want your family to expand. They don't want you to be here. Okay. So, uh, look, we know because we have a chicken city. It's stinky because we had too many. So we had to take a bunch of the boys and send them over to Cocktown, which is where all the boys go because when the chicken boys are around each other, they don't fight. But when you put a girl in there, they start fighting. So, uh, we had to separate them and create two different little chicken towns, chicken cities. The smell was getting really bad because the, 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 the chicken crap couldn't get washed away fast enough. I recognize that as someone who is literally, you know, we have our own chicken coop. But we also know that uh, with deer, for instance, if their population isn't kept in check, they start decimating local plant life and causing uh, ecological problems. So then humans go out, kill a bunch of the bucks, get the population down and under control. Humans are not exempt from these concepts. Now, there are a lot of people who think overpopulation is a problem. That's kind of the issue. There are a lot of people who think that overpopulation is not a problem. Maybe it will be soon. Either way. These World Economic Forum people, these global elites, they think it is a problem. And if you look at how we deal with uh, uh, invasive species of any other species, why do you think that these global elites would treat humans any differently? Well, now, now, I will say, because they're humans, which is why the approach is stop having kids, be lo- live in luxury, birth control. They're trying to stop human reproduction because then naturally what happens is the population slowly dies, and then it it, it contracts and, and shrinks down, and that's one way to control population expansion. So my clarification, yeah, you're right. They don't want to go around and just kill people, but they certainly don't want people to be alive anymore in certain numbers. They want not feces on the streets of New York. They want so San Francisco. M- not so many people in San Francisco that they're, they're, they're clogging the system, like what you're saying about the chicken poop, which is happening in L.A. and in New York. There is a clog right now. There's too many people in a centralized area. Cities maybe are, are fading away. I don't know. The problem is you need electricity to get from place to place or gas power. Like, maybe. And that's like... That's a luxury. Maybe what we got to do is take all the boys from San Francisco and send them to their own human cocktail where all the boys can hang out like we do with Chicken City. I think they'd like that. Yeah, I don't think it would be a problem. <laughs> so I, I think maybe humans are misappropriated on Earth that we're all stuck in these mega – but then the idea of like creating mega cities is, is a world economic – I think that's an economic forum concept. By 2030, they want mega yeah. cities, which doesn't make sense. Well, it allows you to uh, control people way, way better. And the idea with mega cities is that it keeps humans away from the environment. So there's less of an impact on external systems, you know, on, on the ecosystems or, or surrounding areas, and there can be har- harmony, and you isolate humans in certain areas. 
I actually think the other, the opposite is better. I think we'd be better off, we'd be better off with humans spread out quite a bit more. Then you we know. need, oh, we need to evolve our postal service. This is something I've been thinking. We can evolve the U.S. postal service into a stratospheric drone delivery program where we can ship stuff all over the planet. I think that would be a I think what's cool going to happen American is, initiative. what's going to happen is they're going to increasingly digitize reality. Like I was already mentioning earlier in the show, if, if the collapse happened today and the power went down, we would have, the news would be gone. Like news archives would be gone. You'd have no way to boot up the internet. It would just be dead servers. Maybe you got a solar generator in your house. Congratulations. You can power your stove. You can power your air conditioning. And you got no access to information because those data centers are all down. Have you backed up Wikipedia onto your phone? I'm not saying Wikipedia is a great, you know, unbiased uh, system. But there's a lot of articles on Wikipedia that are like, this is what a, an edible flower looks like or something like that. Have you downloaded survival guides? Have you downloaded encyclopedias in general? Put them all on your phone right now. Like, seriously, it's not that hard to do. I think it's like six gigs for the summation of Wikipedia. And of course, a lot of the political stuff is very biased. But there's a lot of stuff on there that's, you know, might end up helping you in the long run when you're like looking up, you know, drug molecules or how currents work or something like that, electrical currents. If if the power goes down, you might have power, but we lose access to the grid. So here's what, here's what I think. What, what, I bring that up because it's the direction we're going in. And that's why I said my idea for a show was people living in pods, living in the metaverse and never coming outside because they don't need to. The matrix is the, it's seemingly the end conclusion of where we're all going. How do you stop overpopulation? Put them in the pods, put them in the matrix. How do you stop this mass pollution, humans crapping on the streets? Put them in the pods, put them in the matrix. How do you deal with, with crime? There won't be crime if people are locked in pods, eating bug mash hooked into their feet. Yeah, but tube. locking people in pods is a crime. Yes, but they're going to be in the metaverse and they're going to choose to do it. They're going to get neuralinked and they're going to live in some virtual reality where they're superheroes and they're not going to care. That's, so they want to put people in mega cities and then put them in the internet so that we're spread out in the internet. I put that in quotes, spread out, uh, virtually. Um, but that, Maybe humans are a virus that are spreading out of control on the planet. Maybe we've almost eradicated what what percent of animal wildlife has gone extinct under our under our watch. Tutelage. Ninety plus percent of the animals on Earth. Or, I don't know about that. What's the number? How many? What's we're in a mass extinction of that right now. Have no, to not, every, not everybody agrees. Man. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. I've heard that. Then I've heard the word. What'd you say? I'm gonna have to Google it. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yes. Hopefully Google the, a verb uh, now. <laughs> Uh, Google the verb. Now. So yep. they're, they're, that argument that humans are uh, just an out of control bacterium spreading and, and consuming everything on Earth, I've thought about that a lot. I like to think that I'm in this individual wondrous, you know, I, that I should have my own spirit candle. But but the, these are policies that were enacted in certain countries like China, where they had population control, where they have people in mega cities that they can track their whereabouts. Where if you want to leave those mega cities, you have to have credit system put in place like there are this experiment that you're talking about is going on right now and it's a direction that i don't want us to go in and by the way that when that that specific the bubble is getting so big it's either about to burst or it's about to split into two bubbles and we're going to colonize mars think about this so the way social media censors people they the 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 powerful elites or whatever politicians would prefer it if we lived our lives in a metaverse virtual world as opposed to the real world. Because the only thing you can do is what they tell you you're allowed to do. You say a naughty word, they click a button, and then all of a sudden your mouth in the metaverse is gone. And now you can't say naughty words And anymore. then the next generation they, won't even know what naughty words are. Or they just control the individuals that are out there that you follow. I mean, The Rock was paid $3 million to go talk about uh, how much he loves COVID vaccines. And so did a bunch of other politicians. Yeah, John, of John Cena John did that Cena. apology in, in Mandarin. Remember that? 
Mm-hmm. So I mean, we're, we're we're paying with our tax dollars, my my money that I work really hard for that they've absolutely just taken at the end of the year is goes to these high net worth individuals that don't really need money that have a massive following, you know, sheep that are following them, saying, hey, don't forget forget to go get your second, third, fourth, fifth booster and wear six masks and. You know, I do it, so you should do it. They don't do it. And they're just you, getting did, paid. Money is what's driving this. In New Jersey, when uh, the lockdown started, there was a woman live streaming her store's products, and the cops came and shut her down. You couldn't even sell things online. It was not – they were – it was just – I can only say that was about shutting down economic activity. Mm-hmm. And, well, and, and what did the New York Times say? The earth is healing. So you look at, you look at the it's, – it's fascinating because actions speak louder than words. And they can come out and say what they want to do whatever they want to do. I don't care what, you, what these people say. You know, I, I learned this lesson a long time ago. People say they want to do a lot of things, and they don't do them. They'll be like, man, I really want to go travel the world. I had a buddy, and he was like, man, I, I really want to travel the world. You know, like, I, I really want to go to Bali. And I was like, okay, so go. And he's like, I can't. I was like, why not? He's like, I can't afford to go to Bali, dude. And then I pulled up my phone, and it was $400 for a ticket. And I was like, bro, round trip, 400 bucks. Did you even look? I mean, it's like three months out. you got to buy it early. And he was like, what? No. And I'm like, you never even looked. Like, don't come to me and tell me you want to do something. You never even bothered to Google it. That's the that's perfect example. of I, I had an individual I went to West Point with that, that hit me up saying all kinds of critical things, talking about how he would be doing so much more if he had the uh, opportunities or the, 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 the access to the funds. The privilege. That I the privilege, right? You did. And it's, hey, you know, I would do a lot more with the charitable stuff. Like, well, actually, you don't know what I do with charity, and I'm involved with this and this and this and this. But I just kind of wanted to go down that rabbit hole. Like, why why is it that you can't give back to society? Why well, don't have the money? It's like, you don't have any money? You don't have, fine. If you have no money, do you have time? Do you have time to spare? Because the individuals that go and say, hey, I really wish I could give back to our homeless population. Like, there's a thousand different opportunities to do so. Just go do it. It's it's yeah. the individuals that just want to go and say, I here, think but, that someone should fix the homeless population. I would do it if I could. But well, you know what? You know what? You, you can't. can't. You can't. No, you can't. You because can one at a time. You can. No. You could put an effort towards making a a a individual put your time and energy into helping an individual who wants to be helped. You're and never going to help an individual who doesn't want to be and helped. And that's the point. Most homeless people don't want to be helped. I, I work with uh, homeless veterans. That's what our charity does. We build houses for homeless veterans. So I'm very tied into that specific. Um, but I would say that you have habitual homeless that are at that. They have not hit that rock bottom where they, they find the, the overwhelming majority of homeless people in, you know, the, the shelters that I worked with, refuse shelters, refuse to be involved and have chosen to be homeless. And they won't even take like the stuff that the, the, the groups I worked with talked about is like, you could go to them and be like, can we just give you something? Say, get away from me. I don't want your stuff. They would, they, and, and, and these, these, these organizations lie. I mean, they were there. It was also, it's also crooked, man. That that's but, the problem is when you have these negative, because homeless individuals, they do talk. They're not going to want to go back to the same place that talks about trying to help, but they don't. And wraparound services are a thing and not like to make this a long, long, long story that the individuals that have hit rock bottom that do want to get helped. If there are organizations that, um, you know, put their money where their mouth is, you know, you see a change in Savannah, Georgia. Our homeless population is, is not, you know, completely under control, but so much better than other cities. And it's because we have a community where we have the police, the fire, the mayor, for-profits, non-profits, all working together as a continuum of care saying, hey, how can we help 
fix this together and we start chipping at it. How do you eat the elephant one bite at a time? And we've been able to take massive improvements and we see it every single year, but it's a lot of work and it's a lot of individuals, time, money, and effort. But yeah, it, it, it is much easier just to say, it's never going to be fixed. I give up who cares and move on. There is a better system than what's going on in LA, what's going on in New York. And it does take a community to come together and make this initiative, not about themselves, not about how do I raise money and look cool on stage. And then after the charity event, I go back to my normal day and I never go and deal with one homeless shelter, one homeless person again, you know, that that's where the authenticity comes in. Are you doing the right thing when no one is paying attention or are you doing it just for the social, uh, what do they call it? Virtue signaling. And I think a, a really good example of the, for, for one, I would say first, uh, truth is hard to come by. Some things are, are objectively true. Some things are hard to break down because the issues are so complex. You can't possibly see every angle of, of every story. And so when it comes to, to, to complex political issues, Everybody is saying, like, this is what's happening. This is what's happening. And they're all looking at a piece, but not the whole. And that's the challenge. When it comes to something like 2 plus 2 equals 4, there are people lying, saying 2 plus 2 is actually 5. And they're trying to pass that off with their weird, you know, dialectic garbage. It's new math. Yeah, yeah new, new math. math. But uh, but for most people, you can understand a simple concept like 2 plus 2 is 4 and why, you know. But uh, for, for truth, it's very, very difficult. When it comes to doing good things, I find that, like, uh, here's a really good example. I've always heard we want to uh, feed the homeless. You ever hear that? Yeah. Yeah, people are trying to feed the homeless. And I was always confused by that. You know why? They're homeless. They they have they don't have homes. No one mentioned anything about food. In fact, I've seen tons of fat homeless people. So I always I would always hear this from a lot of the activists that I'd work with. They'd be like, "We want to we want to do a food for the homeless thing." And I'll be like, "Are homeless people hungry?" And they're like, "I don't know." And I'm like, "Don't you shouldn't you home the homeless and feed the hungry?" But there's these ideas that people have, misconceptions. I was playing guitar in the subway in Chicago once. I had a $300 fiberglass Strat acoustic. Just came out back in the time. This is almost 20 years ago. And this lady comes up to me and she goes, there's a shelter on Belmont. Do you need a place? And I was like, lady, I make 40 bucks an hour. And she went, what? And I was like, I have a fiberglass guitar. Like, I appreciate you're trying to be nice. But like, I was like wearing jeans and a t-shirt and playing music. I wasn't homeless. But they don't understand. They don't know. People think they know. And I think, you know, I, I uh, this woman was very, very nice. You know, I was deeply touched that she wanted to help. But she didn't know what she was talking about. And she made a bunch of assumptions and thus didn't actually end up helping anything. I think there's a lot of people who feel that way. Like, I'd like to, to, to feed the homeless. And I'm like, that's really, really awesome. But we need people to actually sit down and figure out what the problems are and not just try and throw pie at the wall because it sounds like the right thing to do. One you know? problem in California is that there's like a billion dollar industry to help the homeless. But the thing is, they don't really want to end homelessness because then the industry is gone. Joe Rogan's been talking a lot about this. He's had guests on that are talking, the experts in this. So they, they want to continue to have homeless people. So they keep getting their billions every year to keep their jobs, like their middle management jobs and things, which is absolutely, I mean, no, HUD, HUD is a atrocious. I mean, if you ever have to deal with HUD, and you have to deal with the bureaucracy routine, taking government money to deal with the homeless, then you start realizing why it's never being fixed, right? So if I try to create a program, which we have, which is uh, how do you have housing first, right? Not housing only. So I have tiny homes that gets people off the street, gets them put into an individual house. From there, they get taught aquaponics from Georgia Southern Partnership, right, with education. So they have a new sense of 
uh, pride that they could accomplish something. And then we give them job placement, right? So you go from housing first, then some type of trade craft, then an employment opportunity. Now you cycle that person out and you fill that house with the next person. It's a triage, right? When I tell people it's a triage, they get really mad, right? Especially the, the, the bleeding heart leftists that have no intention of actually fixing anything. They just want to tell me how I'm doing it wrong. So it's, hey, why are you only taking these people? Is it because you're racist? Like, actually, <laughs> I don't look at anything other than a specific questionnaire that has to do with their military records, right? But that, but that is racist to them yep. because you're supposed to discriminate. I guess I'm doing it Right, they, wrong, it's, so, it's, so it's just the, funny because when when you have people who want to go and tell you how you're doing it wrong, and you ask them how many times have you go on and walked underneath the bridge and talked to these individuals, how many times have you actually sat down and said, "How did you get here, and how can I help you?" You know, there's so many different situations, and that's why it says like it depends. Politics is a perfect example with with homelessness, right? This it's actually you know you're giving me an idea. We could solve our security issues and the swattings by just lining the property with tiny homes. And letting, you know, and helping the homeless being like, we got a place for you. We're going to teach you how to use it. Give them a nice place to live. And then you've got this like community and then you're just in the middle and they're, you know, your perimeter. So you want me to fast forward just to tell you what, what actually happened a couple of years later with once the city got involved with oh, my no. first project. Yeah. What did they do? They made it so much better. They oh. got rid of all the things that we were doing that were successful and oh. made it permanent housing. And they allowed camps <laughs> all around it. And right before the elections, they paid for everyone to get food and pizza and told them how when they help support the new president coming and getting elected, right? Because they allowed them to go, you know, register all together in Georgia, right? A, a huge swaths of homeless population in Atlanta and Savannah and other metropolitan cities. You had these organizers going to these camps and telling people, hey, you're homeless because of these bad policies, not the people we're trying to help you right now. Like we're going to do so much better. So here's how you register. Just use this address, even though that's illegal, but just use all you guys use this one address, not yours. And then we'll come back and we'll make sure that we take you guys to go get, you know, vote properly. And here's some food and here's a new tent. And here's all that they come out of the woodwork right before weeks before. And then as soon as the election's over, like a fart in the wind, nowhere to be found. That yep. false hope is like blasphemous in my opinion. But guess, guess who will be out there right before the midterms? Same group of community organizers telling me that I'm uh, a horrible person, doesn't know how to solve this problem, but they're going to come in last minute, give some people some pizza, right? Yep. What do they say? Uh, give a man a fish, feed him for a day, teach him to fish. Yep. They don't want to teach you how to fish. They don't want to teach you how to become independent. They have created a new modern slavery where if you have an individual who is so dependent on you, right? I need this government housing. I need this government credit card for food. I need this government cell phone. By the way, I get my real money through cash or some type of illicit means, so I don't declare income, but I'm so dependent on this awesome group that's giving me all this free stuff, that's how I need to vote. And it gets ingrained in their mind who, that who? they have to vote for the left so they can keep getting these free things as opposed to vote for the organization that wants to empower you, that wants to make it so that you have a sense of purpose and can generate revenue on your own and live who, on your own. Who that, was that guy who said um, something about democracy will end when, when politicians discover they can simply pay people to vote for them by you know through the, through the government coffers or something like that? It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. That's exactly you, what you've heard doing. that, right? Yeah, recently. I mean, I've yeah. heard it recently. I don't yeah, know he was like, it. once politicians realize they can just bribe the the, the population through, with their own tax money, then... But how are we not doing that? That's we're, literally we're, what's happening. We're, They're saying, like, we'll like take that, the money that everyone's giving us and then give it to you. No, I'm going to give you $500. Don't pay attention to 3M. I gave them $3 billion. You know, don't pay attention to my other buddy over here at Solar City. I gave them trillions. But I gave you 500 bucks. Remember that? By the way, 500 bucks will buy you two tanks of gas at this point in time and that's us too but don't remember don't forget that we gave you 500 bucks dude i was gonna sorry i was just gonna say that the system creates dependency so if you start to say oh well you know we might be able to get you off unemployment we might be able to get you off government benefits people start to get stressed because they don't understand what you'll transition to and that's security in hand when we built a drop off we didn't build an escalating scale where mm -hmm. as you make two dollars more we reduce a dollar of dependency it's I went to give an employee a 50 cent raise from like $13, $13.50. It was a couple years ago. And this person came to me, you know, this was a homeless person. This was someone that we took off the street that I just saw working really hard on the weekends. I work on the weekends. And he told me like, hey, what are you saving up for? I'm saving up for a house. Oh, cool. Where do you live now? My car. I'm like, holy crap. You're a veteran. You work for me. Like we had to fix these things. But when I went to go give this person a raise, you know, it was explained that if I get this raise, I will lose essentially $20,000 in benefits. You know, I'll lose my, my, uh, EBT card. I'll lose my phone. I'll lose all of these different incentives, but there's no elevated scale down, right? It's once you hit this marker, you lose all of these things. So there's no incentive to make that extra 50 cents and then that extra 50 cents, and that extra 50 cents. If you were to have a, um, I don't know, a business person in charge or someone who actually doesn't want dependency, it would be an elevated scale. You know, for every $2 that you're making, like I said, you know, we're going to reduce your, your government assistance by 50 cents, you know, a quarter of that. So, you know, I want to make an extra 50 cents. I'm only going to lose, you know, 10 cents worth of my incentives. We're going to go to Super Chats. If you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel and share the show with your friends. Head over to TimCast.com and become a member because not only are we going to have that members-only uncensored show coming up at 11 p.m., but we have the first official episode of the Cast Castle relaunch is up live now. Plus, we've got Tales from the Inverted World. So we now have three shows. So we, we, actually, technically, the Green Room is a fourth show. So you got the Tim Cast Uncensored Monday through Thursday at 11 p.m. The Green Room, which goes up, I think it goes up at 10 p.m. on Fridays. We've got Cast Castle Tuesdays at 7, Tales from the Inverted World Sundays at 10 a.m., and we're going to keep making more content. We're going to keep learning and improving. Let's read some Super Chats. Grofty says, ah, and, and, and here we go. Watched the Cast Castle vlog. Very entertaining to me. You are learning fast. I will get hate and love. I only send love back, though. Stay real. Oh, forgot. Buck, buck, buck. Thank you for the Chicken City support and the support for Cast Castle vlog. All right. Cracker Jack says, so we're just not going to talk about the General Milley resignation letter. If you don't know what I'm referring to, to, please check out Angry Cops. We did talk about the General Milley resignation letter. In fact, Jack Posobiec a couple weeks ago did this. Uh, uh, he read it while crying, right? Is that what yeah. Jack did? That was funny. You see that? He had a very <laughs> melodramatic Milley's. reaction. Yeah. yeah, not a big fan. 
Jiun Wong says, Tim, you say create culture. Can you shout out to Clownfish TV? Neon and Geeky Sparkles have been making comics for 10 years while raising their kids. Squid, Squid King and Peekaboo. Well, all right. Disgusting. Their passion project, Crimson Ren, is steampunk goonies on an airship live uh, live on Indiegogo. This message paid for by a fan. They should use Give, Send, Go. Isn't Indiegogo like censorious? Not as bad as GoFundMe. This guy's been on pop culture of, of late, too. Who has? This guy's been commenting that on pop culture oh, of cool. late. He's excited about it. Wicked001 says, Cast Castle was fantastic last week. Great job. Well, check out the one that came up today because it's, it's quite fun. All right. Mitch says, Chris, please tell us three things about yourself. Hi, I'm Chris. That's one thing. <laughs> uh, I'm uh, a YouTuber and uh, an army vet. What's oh, your YouTube are, those, channel? Those three things. My YouTube channel is Reactor. Hot. But now he's basically writing Cast Castle stuff, so. Yeah. He was fantastic in the blog today. I don't know if I told you that. Nice work. Yeah, it's funny. You're very funny. You're very funny. Very good. People keep People guy. keep super how much I like it. All right, let's see. Strider says, Tim, you mentioned mentioned a gaming show on your earlier segment. How can I get involved? I'm Gen Z and would love to work for TimCast. I have no idea. I literally don't. Um, we have jobs at TimCast.com, but we have so many emails. It's really just a, a matter of, you know, our capacity. And uh, managerial power is the most difficult thing in expanding a company. You want to get a job at TimCast? Make something great and make sure Tim sees it. Do like an awesome video that highlights your work. And Tim looks so horrified by this suggestion. <laughs> we hired tweet. Carter that way. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what true. Carter. It took six months. You're though. gonna get so many tweets. Look it's for so Carter exciting. Banks uh, application slash audition to Timcast. When you and see, then, it's easy to hire somebody if you already know they're great. Yeah, yeah. Some and then I think I can't remember people. Um, someone sent it to me like, "Have you seen this video this dude made?" And I watched. I was like, "Oh, it's really good." I was like, "I can't hire anybody right now though." And then a few months later, someone was like, "Remember that guy who made that video? We need to hire somebody who can do music." And then the, I was like, "Oh yeah." And then we hit him up, and then he was just like, "Oh wow, it took a really long time, but now he's here." And the song we have coming out on Friday was produced and engineered by Carter, and he's in the music video singing along. And he is so he's good. so hardworking. That's the it's other amazing. thing about being here. You have to be willing to work. He's like a real rock star. Mm -hmm. I don't think he considers it work. Yeah, I think he loves it. I think that's the cool thing about being in this environment. Like, you get to do things you're really passionate about. Yeah, everybody is just basically doing the things they want to do. And I, I always tell people, like, if you don't want to be here, you shouldn't be. Like, nobody should be here like, this is work. This sucks. Granted, there are some jobs that are basically work. Like, someone has to, you know, I don't know, take the garbage out or something. See, I think, like, things can be work and still be good. Like, you should be feel feeling like you're being challenged and growing in the things that you're doing. Somebody has to clean up Bocus's crap because he's a little. Well, we, we, I have I have disparaging terms for the cat, but you know we love him. But uh, we we try to let him go and do his business outside, chasing the birds and stuff because he likes to take dumps on the floor. Not okay, Bocus. That's yeah, just. Grafty also says only ever wanted looks and sounds good. Hey man, shout out! Within like twelve hours of posting the promo, we have we had like half a million views on just the promo for the song, and right now we're at like seven hundred, eight hundred thousand views. Oh, cool! On the promo for that's crazy. And I'm kind of like, man, maybe we should have just not done a promo because those views would have been great for the actual song. You know, I think the song's good enough to live on its own. Yeah, the funny thing is the promo part we put up is the most like emo sounding part of the song but the majority of the song is like literally not like it's very yeah. slow and yeah. ambient See, I hope it's all emo stuff only emo stuff from Tim so Cass music emo. no the next one we're putting out um, I don't know if it's the next one we're putting out but it might actually be it's like weird experimental which one yeah, are you eyes of advice oh yeah yeah it's like people are not gonna I, I think it's not mainstream music at all it's weird can't figure out what the genre is 
All right. Waffle Sensei says, Tim, I know it takes money, but please start making DVDs or flash drives with the summation of Timcast episodes on them. History favors the prepared. Should we do season DVDs? Like, how many episodes of this would you be able to fit on one DVD? Like, two? Two episodes? What? One? Uh, we'll sell hard drives. We'll sell terabyte know. hard drives with, like... It'd be cool. How many, how many episodes could you found there? Episodes are, like, two gigs. So, a decent amount? Yeah. 500? It's not a bad idea, actually. Would you do a season? Because we don't really do seasons. You just kind of do your favorite ones. Yeah, I guess you could technically get every single episode on, like, one hard drive. Be wild. So we'll do we'll do flash drives with the episodes on them. You have to start season. with this one. This is where the idea came from. That's right. And you have to get it why. so it's like EMP proof. So you can't like. Yeah, we'll, we'll make little we'll, little. we'll suspend it inside a small Faraday cage with a small with a bigger Faraday cage over the small Faraday cage. You can carry Faraday bags. Faraday, yeah. That's right. Yeah, I have a Faraday uh, Hood? fanny pack oh. that I put my phone in. Like you were saying, you like to be off grid. That's mm-hmm. hot. It's like silver threaded Faraday. All right, Lord Crimson Eye says, "Been to your location off 204, Tyler. Real nice. Haven't visited the Red River, uh, the the River Street uh, store yet. Planning to stop by this weekend. Hell yeah, cool. I gotta say, a Faraday USB is a brilliant idea. I don't know if those have been created yet. I don't even know how to spell Faraday. You'd have to like so, it's Faraday. What how it would work is the cap see would would seal the Faraday cage around the USB. You just super glue Faraday cloth around it. But then you need to be able to open it and close it." You know what I mean? So if you had a USB stick that was surrounded in a Faraday cage and you could pop the cap, the top off and stick it in and use it and then close it, it would be protected. But the other thing people need to understand about the big one, the solar flare everyone always talks about, you don't just need a Faraday cage. If you really want to protect stuff, you need a Faraday cage with a smaller Faraday cage with a smaller Faraday cage in it. Because I've been in a really nice, like professional Faraday cage and EMF still leaks through. It's not, you know, you need a really like multi-layered, really strong one if you want to stop every signal and create a real dead zone. Faraday like, was, is Michael Faraday, is who it's named after. I don't know if you're a scientist. Did you just Google that? Yeah. Yeah. I knew he had a name. <laughs> yeah. Our new favorite verb. All right. T-Craft says, get well soon, Sour Patch. That's right. Lydia is, has, has gotten surgery on her hand, and so she's all hopped up on goofballs. So she can't press buttons. because I think it'd be funny if she did, though. She, like, is pressing buttons randomly. She's yeah. on her the whole it's show. Just, it's just her it's show. Whatever. <laughs> Still great. I don't use Google, by the way. I use Brave search engine. That's Laramie, better. Laramie Bryant says, Reminder, everyone goes out to vote in their runoffs and primaries, and please look into bills they're, they're, they supported and their track record in office, America First Only. Yeah, I think Alaska went to a runoff, right? There's going to be a runoff between the Republican candidates. I think it's an open runoff, isn't it? Well, they they are doing ranked choice, so it's they have four people who are going to the general, and basically everything. And then what's going to happen is the Democrats are going to put all their Democrat choices, and then they're going to put at the bottom the Republican choice of Murkowski because they're like, well, it's better than the Trump one, and that's how they stop the uh, Trump supporters from uh, getting in. That's how we lost our uh, Senate election in uh, Georgia. It was ranked choice. We had three. We, had, uh, we split the ticket in for the conservative uh, vote, and it went to a runoff. It's a good plan. Let's grab some more super chats. Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says history will not be kind to Fauci. There's no way. It depends. There is uh, history is written by the winners, so it depends on what happens with all the politics right now. If the Republicans get in and they actually do have hearings and hold some of these people accountable and do investigations, yeah, 
then history won't be kind to him. But if the Republicans get in and do nothing, which is seemingly likely, or the Democrats end up holding their ground somehow, then uh, no, Fauci will be, you know, they'll, they'll put up those pictures of him as Jesus or whatever. And that's what will uh, will happen. Dill 1300 says, Tyler, happy to hear that you partnered with Gulfstream. You, sir, have a new customer and will treat myself to new shirts, to two new shirts to celebrate my senior tech promo here at our Appleton, Wisconsin facility. Oh, right. Have you, have you heard of Public Square? I have not. It is a mobile app where it shows you all of the businesses that support American values. It's amazing. What's mm-hmm. it called? Public Square. I'm checking that out. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, they uh, they were like, we, we'd love to sponsor the show, Tim. And, and I'm like, yes. And then here I am. You're just talking about it anyway. But it's so good. It's so amazing. Mm-hmm. You open it up. There's a map. And it shows you all of the businesses that have basically said, like, we agree with these values. Like, the Constitution is a good thing. Stuff like that. Like, yeah. you can actually just read their values. But if a business is willing to, like, I stand behind that message and they appear on this map, they're opening the door to uh, Antifa, like, getting canceled, getting targeted. But they're standing, they're standing you know, firm on mm-hmm. their beliefs. Those are the businesses you got to support. Yeah, definitely. So you guys should definitely, they, uh, uh, there's digital businesses can still put their information in it and then brick and mortar locations put their brick and mortar locations. Then people can see the pins and then click it and see what store it is. So when, and you can type in what you're looking for, clothes, food, whatever, and then it'll show you in your city where the American value stores are at. That's what I'm talking about. Got to keep voting with that dollar. That's right. Stop giving your money to people who hate you. Give your money to uh, people who make clothes in America, for instance. I'm a big fan yeah. of that. Like NineLineApparel.com. Yeah. That that is nine one. Line of- <laughs> I think there's that's definitely one for sure. That's right. I you don't, got any shirts? I like don't this? know many others. We'll grab some shirts. shirts. Nuclear Drunk Three PO says, "I own a Nine Line shirt and I freaking love it." Shout out to Drunk Three PO and I love supporting American made. That's Drunk. the way to do it. Ian Ian called me out a couple weeks ago about not buying buying American made clothes. Yeah, the banality of evil is sitting by and just. Sucking off the system without, you know, we're riding, we're riding the beast that's killing the planet. We got to stop doing that. And I'm talking about supporting slaveocracy. Basically, we got to stop doing that. Yeah, I I agree. If you you guys ever seen <laughs> what those guys are going through, and it's not slavery. They just they can't leave. They're not paid, and bodily harm will come to them. <laughs> but it's so not slavery. Whatever that means. Yes. But your your guys' clothes, it's American cotton. It's American manufacturing and everything. Yeah, we have. Uh, uh, optionality right yeah. so i've got ten thousand plus raw products that i will then embellish and we do things in south america we do things in central america we do things uh in the united states but i don't do any business in china and i don't do any businesses with people or uh i guess entities that treat people that way so uh-huh. i will go and check out the facilities in peru i'll check out the facilities you know in in honduras uh and they're very large reputable humane compensating people a normal living wage just like so black not, rifle goes to their their coffee farms but not, starbucks does not not everything you sell is american made no no we we try to push american made everywhere possible but as you can imagine the cost for labor cost for everything is much higher and it's prohibitive for certain customers where i yeah. don't want to lose the business so i will push as an option hey here this product this shirt is made 100% in the US. Here's the price point. If you can't hit that price point for whatever reason, you're, you know, big box store or mom and pop shop and you just can't do it, then here's an option for you. It's made in South America, Central America, um but without any of the, you know, slavery. 100%. You know, <laughs> I I'm always going to push US, yeah. but I can't force people to buy it. And that's where 
government policies could help me by giving credits or to yeah. stop the import do, of those same goods. Do you grow your own cotton? Do you guys me, grow your own? Me personally? Yeah, do you no, own we, cotton farmer? No, we do not. We, um, we, do, we work and partner with uh, individuals that do those things. My specialty is mostly uh, embellishment and distribution. Have you ever looked into vertical farms to grow cotton indoor? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm really big into aquaponics. Uh, so we, we do aquaponics center for our, uh, our homeless veterans village, you know, it kind of as a therapy, but also I, I think it's fascinating how fish feed plants and plants feed fish. Um, and it's completely sustainable and it's healthier and there's less pesticides that are used. So I'm, I'm a big fan of being able to do those things wherever possible, but it's, it's not scalable. I mean, the facility alone is a million dollars for a, wow. a greenhouse about twice the size. Uh, All right, let's read some more. We got Travis Raman. He says, can I get a shout out to my stepdaughter, Zoe, who's 16 today? Shout out, Zoe. Happy birthday. What's up, Zoe? Also, my son, Connor, and stepdaughter, Jaden, turning 12 Friday. Oh, wow. Both of them are turning 12 Good on week Friday? week for birthdays, you guys. Yeah, That's man. awesome. It sounds like just one big Connor and Jaden both having a birthday on Friday? Wow. Nice. That's that's perfect timing to listen to the release of our new song, Only Ever Wanted. You can they can play it on their birthday parties. Happy twelfth birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a song you gotta listen to. It's like I don't like this music, <laughs> it's for old it. people. It's funny because um there are people who are like trying to rag on the song and they're like, Oh, the two thousands called they want their music back and I'm like The two thousands are so trendy right now. Like but I don't they even are care. back. I just like, dude, look, is is like the idea here that we're supposed to make Katy Perry music? Or do we just make music that we like? And understand that, like, I'm not trying to be Katy Perry, you know what I mean? Like, if I wanted a top 40, I'd do, like, a rap song, you know, like, Post Malone style or something like that. I think what we've lost is vocal harmonies, having two or more people vocally harmonizing on a song together. What what if? Maybe that's 70s. Maybe the 70s are back. But what if we, like, took the guitar out and just added more vocals and, and then took out the drums and had a guy make the drum sounds? Really with his mouth, with his mouth, and then did a couple more vocals, and just you know, and then we could hire pentatonics to play the instruments for us. <laughs> yeah, they're actually playing the instruments. All right, Dalimar says spent hundreds with you, quality stuff, and I click that Made in America button when it pops. Bring back the share around with Antifa shirt for a limited time. More people ask where I got it than uh, even the Mando design. What's- I made it. I made a gag shirt. That said, liberals get the bike lock too. It was a gag reference to Antifa wrote liberals get the bullet too on a wall. And so I was basically mocking them because this Antifa guy hit someone with a bike lock and they got really mad at me. The, the, the big companies were like, YouTube banned the shirt and they were oh, like, I'd, I'd Coca Cola try to sue me for my share around with ISIS share around. Like, it's, it's just comical. Yeah. You know, it's, what just is, get over it. What did it say? It's a, it's a similar looking to Coca Cola. Not their logos or designs. I'm not admitting to anything, but very similar. Um, and it says share a round and it's got a bullet with oh, a oh, curtain. Okay. See, it's like plan words, comical, but people take things very seriously. So yeah. the social media oligarch said that that was inciting violence. Right. So that's what happened. With I would the... happily sell it. I just can't promote it or post it anywhere without but what if the intent out. was like to make sure you're sharing ammo with people who want to go have target practice my intent was to actually share around with an isis terrorist so, so to, to kill them so that was my intent i guess that they, they were correct well I, here, here here's the, i want to say like share around of here's, drinks oh here's, no here's Put the challenge I mean, but, here, but hold on hold on, hold on. here's the challenge with that we're, we're actively at war with these people yes American well they're at war soldier. with us we're right right, right. We're head but, in the sand yeah but, but I mean, when you look at like Russia and Ukraine and stuff, Facebook said calls for violence against Russia was acceptable. So I wonder if mm-hmm. like, why is it that 
Facebook was like, okay, if you're calling for violence against Russians because of the war, that's fine. But why would they say no to the ISIS thing? Like, for, I'll say this, like, we don't want to call for violence, but where is the line when your country is actively at war with, like, an invading or terroristic force? Or, and, we're, and we're telling you to, like, save people. Or if you're a multinational company, which one did you choose to go with? Is it right after Russia banned you? in your entire platform, then you became virtuous because that's when it occurred because I was physically over there. But I will tell you that they could care less as long as they're making money. That's really what it boils down to. With the shirt that I made, it was meant to be in, it was like opposing the violence. It was, it was to make fun of them and to deride them because it's like, it's crazy. But I can, I can understand why people are like, that doesn't sound like what it's, I'm like, yeah, okay, I get that. Yeah. No, but, mine, mine was pretty to the point. Like you, you can probably shape the minds of a young kid who is being taught terroristic ways. But by the time they're in their twenties and thirties and forties and they've committed acts and they're, they're committed to being a terrorist. I there's think, there's not much you can do. But I think the distinction for, there is the distinction there is you, we're not talking about like walking up to some random person. We're talking about people whose lives are un- actively under attack by a group that's shooting at them and yeah. blowing them up. And we're talking about pure evil. You're talking about individuals who are setting other individuals on fire. We're, we're talking about Joe Biden who drone striked with the shredder, the Taliban guy. So that, that it's it's an interesting point because you know YouTube's got their YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter have their violence policies. But it's like, what if you're what if you're cheering for Joe Biden who fired that shredder missile at a terrorist, right? Like, where you know, I'm also thinking I mean, about like the military. They say that the the enlistment numbers are down, and it's like there's a bit of a hunter go kill the thing mentality for someone that wants to join a military, and maybe we've lost that. Or, or I I or just yeah. I just want to say, you know what, man? Like, I wish none of this happened. I wish you know you you were mentioning how when you were younger you were like we're all just people, can't we get along? And like I wish that was the case. I wish I wish ISIS would stop doing these things. I wish the ideology didn't exist. I wish there wasn't war. But right now you've got like Russia, for instance, they invade Ukraine. Like, what are we supposed to say to that? Are we supposed to be, you know, look, I don't, I don't like American intervention. I don't like the U.S. and all, you know, all that stuff. But am I supposed to be like, no, no, Ukrainians should just let them do it. It's like, mm-hmm. nope, there's, there's good and evil in the world. My grandfather entered World War II at the age of 17, stormed the beaches of Iwo Jima, got shot in the knee, got shot wow. in the helmet. But he set that example of that's not my fight, but me and all my friends are going to fake our age. We're going to go and stop pure evil. And that I will tell you that, that, the, the things that they're doing to the Ukrainian people is pure evil. That's it's it's what Hitler and his band of merry horrible humans did to the Jewish population, and it's it's unfathomable that we would do nothing. Let's read some more super chats. Augusto Mimoshe says, Tyler, Stephen Crowder has been looking for an American company to make his hand painted mugs for Mug Club members. Can you help him? Louder with Crowder. Yes, we've talked to him a bunch of times about doing their shirts and everything else. Cool. I just think uh, their merchandising manager needs to pull the trigger and give us a call. Right on. Sell some mugs. We made gag mugs that said uh, louder with Roberto <laughs> Bug Club because mm-hmm. our rooster was always yelling. I, did you make the joke? Someone made the no, joke. but I used it as a prop today. That was awesome. Uh, well, we make our Roberto mugs here in the Bug U.S. Club. And uh, do it for us. And I know Black Rifle makes some USA made mugs, so I'm sure louder with Crowder could too. Ryan, the Eating Warrior, says you guys need to watch the video, The Five Laws of Stupidity. It explains that stupid people are the most dangerous demographic, and man, is it true. Yes. But, you know, we all want to get along. We want to find out, you know, we want to figure out a way that we can live peacefully in this country. We don't want fighting. We don't want violence. But um, what do you do when you have, like, Antifa going around smashing up windows? Communication is a big part of it. you got to keep people calm. 
we need like I think that the monarchy basically started to fall apart when at the event of the printing press, people didn't need to funnel their information through a centralized figure. So the more ability we have with language to communicate, um, understanding similar definitions and where our definitions are coming from, actual radio things like that. Well, also like. Yeah, stupid people might be dangerous, but like, what's your plan for them? You know, there are drone delivery. We need to be able to send food to people that are in remote areas. But if you have more of the question, I no, know. I was just gonna say, like, you can offer people all kinds of opportunity to better themselves and learn. But there are some people who aren't motivated by that. Like, yes, it is good to advocate for peace, but also let's be realistic and think about how we can incorporate a society that has. Uh, a variety of options for people that don't involve pushing everyone. Like what bothers me about people saying stuff like that is like, okay, cool, but why do we push everyone to follow the same educational structure? Why do we have the exact same model for public schools like that consistently fails students? We're saying that stupid people are the problem, but we're not using any innovation to try and change. It's cultural. It's really Every, bad. Everything is culture. Everything is parents raising their kids. We talk about changing laws. We talk about all of these things culture it's a degradation of values they, they say you're a product of your environment and it's yeah. really hard for individuals to to break out of that negative environment right so if my kids have opportunities that i've never had you know that they kids schools where they're not getting beat up all the time where they're not the minority where they're not you know having to um you know, go through those adversities but those adversities make make you who you are they definitely define you sean willis says tim you say 50 BMG has no self-defense or hunting purpose. I didn't say that. Well, uh, what I what I was saying was that it's for it's an anti-material round. It's for tanks and helicopters. And certainly the Ukrainians would consider that defense right now if like they're fighting a Russian helicopter, you know, uh, or hunting purpose. And for the most part, I don't know if you need a 50 BMG for any kind of game. But anyway, sorry, Sean, let me read your comment. He says, well, I'm not going to be caught in the woods with my pants down when a 10 foot tall Bigfoot doesn't like the cut of my jib. No, sir. Here's, I'll put it this way, uh, uh, a, a Barrett M82A1, you're not going to be carrying that around and then like encounter a Bigfoot and then be like, I'm going to use to defend myself. What you're going to do is you're going to have it mounted in various points around your, your wood, your, your, your um, rural fortress. And when the army of Bigfoots, or is it Big Feet? Big uh, I think, I think big both feet. will work. Yeah, I think. Big Feet. When the Big Feet Bigs come. Foot. Big Foot. Big Foot. Yes. <laughs> when the Big Bigfoots. When when the big feet, big feet's the way. Big feet is the way. When the big feet show up and they're banging on the sides and they're trying to punch their way in and they're all ten to fifteen tall and they're eating humans and they're mindless, uh, then you might need it. You know, then you might need the. Uh, I'm a big game. advocate of drawing them to the base to let base defenses take care of them in somebody, video games. When I that's good somebody, defensive tactic. Uh, I don't know where your super chat went, but they said that uh, my TV show idea sounded like Doctor Stone, which it does not at all. It's more like Attack on Titan, not like Doctor Stone. Doctor Stone's cool, Doctor Stone. Uh, people get turned to stone, and then you know, thousands of years later, this smart kid figured out a way to unstone himself, and then he has to rebuild technology from scratch. And it's actually really interesting. So it's like an anime where he's like, "I'm gonna make a cell phone," and then he's like collecting materials to make a vacuum tube and stuff. And it's like, it's like Magic School Bus, but kind of cool. Be know? a cool video game if you actually taught the specifics of how to build micro electronics, not economics, but yeah. both maybe. All right, what is this? Uh-oh, I said a good one. Where'd it go? There we go, there we go. What is this? Ready to Rumble says, Ian, did you see the news about JWT proving the universe didn't start with the Big Bang? Poor Einstein. 
I saw that. That was interesting. No, what's I don't the know story? I don't know if it's definitively proven because I haven't read it. But what they're saying is the James Webb telescope should be showing us that um, due to an, a, a, an illusion with the expansion of the universe, galaxies further away should start to appear larger because of the way the light is moving towards us, but the universe is expanding at the same time. Instead, they look smaller, which would either indicate based on Big Bang Theory that they're tiny, tiny galaxies or there's not a, a universal expansion. Yeah, there, I don't think there is a universal expansion. I think it's twisting around on itself like a double helix um, or a double torus, really, more accurately. So maybe we could integrate that into the theory, the hypothesis. Smokin says, just watched episode one, I'm assuming of Cast Castle. You are a master of lowering expectations. I enjoyed it. Didn't think I would. Expected hack. It's not. Carry on, bud. Well, it's a masterpiece, obviously. I'm just saying, like, we ha- we, we just have some DSLRs we filmed funny things with, mostly what, you know, Chris was putting together. And um, we need to improve lighting. We need to get better microphones and just set it up. But uh, we just want to start making stuff because it's fun. We did a bunch of really funny bits with uh, with Jamie Kilstein, with, with Seamus, you know, previously. And uh, it was really, really fun to do. So I was like, how can we do that consistently? And then here's the best part. From the first, from the promo episode, we had this, this sketch with Jack Posobiec riding up on a little bike with a wagon, delivering the scripts for Timcast as if it was scripted. And uh, he's like, got him out of Mar-a-Lago, just in time. And then he's like, ring, ring, with a little bike. And then he runs. It got over 100,000 views, just this one gag. So the idea here was what really works on YouTube is that we have these funny bits, but it's not easy to share when it's a full 20-minute or 10-minute video. So we were like, can we just take the funny things we do with our friends and guests and then make those really shareable videos that are just basically promos for the full show. So uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but Marjorie Taylor Greene did a bit with us, and it was really, really good. It's really good. And uh, Ian's in it. And uh, we're going to have that up. I think that one's going to be next week. And then we're excited. because Well, I don't want to say any more because we have upcoming guests. We normally don't announce who the guests are, so I won't say much. But we'll grab just a, a couple more Super Chats, maybe just one more Super Chat. Chris Scanapiso. Uh, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. Nine line. Is that a reference to a military nine line? Do you guys sell a good dry fit shirt? We do. And yes, it is. So nine lines, a Kazakh call in the military. We like to say back here, it's a call for action to try to reinvigorate patriotism. Right on. What does that mean? Nine line. I haven't heard that term before. So not in the military. Nine line is a Kazakh call. So nine separate radio communications that go to someone like me, who's a Kazakh uh, pilot. And I would come into the battlefield and pull you off and get you to safety and call it the golden hour. So if you're bleeding out, trying to get you to a hospital or some type of surgical bed within that first hour of trauma. They call it nine line because they actually call you nine times. Is that what you said? Nope. So it's it's one radio call with nine separate lines of information I need, like where oh, the bad okay. guys are, where the good guys are. What are you marking the landing zone with? What type of litter do you need me to bring? Is there the last one is nuclear, biological, and chemical considerations? Which, if you're telling me things on line nine, that sucks. Uh, that means I'm wearing a mop suit and it's really hot, and I haven't had one of those, but. Uh, yeah, it's it's just saying that I'm injured, come get me, uh, and most likely under under fire, uh, and that's why most people in the military know what a nine line is. It's it's a call for help, and like I said, try to make that transition here. It's a call for action. Right on, ladies and gentlemen. If you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button right now? Share the show with your friends, and head over to TimCast.com because we're gonna have a spicy members only show coming up and they've been particularly spicier over the past couple of weeks and increasingly spicier but uh, that's the way that's the way the news is right now and there's a lot of crazy stuff happening we're going to talk i think about um 
monkeypox. So you know where that's going. So uh, yeah, head over to TimCast.com. You can follow the show at TimCastIRL. You can follow me personally at TimCast. You can check out TimCast Records on YouTube. We have the promo up for the song coming out on Friday. And uh, uh, Tyler, you want to shout anything out? Uh, yeah, check out all the things he said and uh, check out 9 Right on. Shameless plug. I'm Annika Brimlow. I write for TimCast.com. I think you should check it every day for all of your news. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at hannahclair.b. And you can follow me anywhere on the internet at Ian Crossland for the most part. Make sure it's me because there are some Ian Crosslands out there. There are other Ian Crosslands out there other than me, but you know where to find me. See you guys later. And you can follow me on social media. We're actually, uh, with, with the launch of Timcast Records, we're going to be producing music for, for other bands. We're probably going to be signing deals with other bands to start producing more music across the board, and then we're just going to start making music. So um, I don't exactly know how we're going to start scouting out bands and doing deals, but we are, and we've already got a bunch of people hitting us up. They're like, ooh, sign me, sign me, and I'm like, yeah, I guess we'll figure it out. Uh, it's like, do you have good music? And that's the big question. So with that being said, we will see all of you over at TimCast.com. Thanks for hanging out. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.